it's in their back pocket as comfortably as pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. It's 6 o'clock here at Mutiny Radio. It's a Thursday. You're expecting Racers Alley. No, thank you, Racers Alley. They couldn't make it this week, and they let me know. Alex and Wade, they weren't going to make it. They said, hey, take the time. And I said, all right, sure. we got to express ourselves somehow. So thank you, Racers Alley. Taking over right now. I have special guest in the building, Matthew Quirk. Hey, what's up, everybody in Mutiny Land? Yay. You know, Pam, um, I noticed you have a Titans of Comedy uh, show. Yeah. When, when are you going to have the Heroes of Comedy show? Well, I'll, have to, gonna, I'll have to do that here at, at Mutiny Radio, but it'll, gonna, it'll just be your one-man show because my, there's only one hero of Mutiny well, Radio, it'll and be that's a, clearly Matthew Quirk. That'll be a five-minute show of me. No, you have so much material. <laughs> it's just tough because you're constantly working with new material as it's all political old. stuff. Uh, yeah, it's like I try to reference something like just a few months ago, and people are like, you already forget that, you know, I love your paleo is shivering joke. I think about it all the time. Every time I'm cold. That's because it's scientifically accurate. Yeah. And um, you burn a lot of calories in the Arctic. Yeah, you sure do. And uh, but speaking of heroes of comedy, uh, I uh, I came across two comedians or four comedians in two different places that didn't know I was the hero of Mutiny Radio. Have we not been publicizing it enough? That's my fault. Uh, I, I take well. It's over. It's over a year old now. Right, and, but still, uh, he, heroism lasts forever, and in yes. fact, it grows on in, in perpetuity. And uh, I, I, and I, I keep forgetting to say it on stage because it is actually an event. Long, you know, it's a small thing. A long time ago, I, I try to hype it up for for jokes at this point, and uh, if I bring it up at all. But I wanted to bring up how, like, um, you know, I met some comics who hadn't didn't know that was me. Either didn't see the thing or saw didn't it didn't see know the thing. Saw it and didn't know it was me. How could they and not know it was you? It's I guess because people are focused. If you ever read the comments on it, which I did like a year ago, um, no one's talking about me. They're all talking about the guy getting punched or the guy doing the punching. They They're aren't talking, talking about the badass who saves the day. Yeah, but uh, my, I wanted to go up on stage and be like, oh, so I had to do one of the things I hate most in the world and recount my year. <laughs> 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 I, had to, I had to tell it again, guys. And uh, uh, I, I made someone actually did recognize me from it. It's one of wow. Those, I think he's a San Jose comic or well, and he came with you and was like, wait, aren't you the guy? From- aren't you the hero? Yeah. And I, I jokingly said, you know, anytime I bring it up, I should get from all the comics present, I should get like a golf clap if it's ever brought over. Oh, absolutely. And it should be sort of like, you know, about the Congressional Medal of Honor. Yes. Uh, the, or the Purple Heart or any of well, those no, special just, things. Just the Congressional Medal of Honor. They, If you're like a private, use some heroic and get the Congressional Medal of Honor. Generals salute you. Wow! You know, like it's the, like the military flips I for just, those rare individuals, and they just whenever they wh- whip it out or it's present or whatever, mm, yes, everyone salutes medals. them, even if they're a private or whatever. Like wow. they, you know, 
And um, as heroism is heralded. Yeah. In and I think it should be sort of the inside joke of like local San Francisco that anytime that's brought up, which is not often, but anytime it is brought up, everyone has to give me the golf club. But is there? But there's got to be something more Irish that we could do. Like I know a salute is a little too navy, and that doesn't necessarily work. Well, I can't demand that they laugh every time I say it, which would really be the best which thing that a comedian would, could get. The next best true. thing would be an applause of some sort. Uh, yes, applause break definitely. And, and uh, it should yeah. be the inside joke that my ten seconds of heroism there is now this like thing. I everyone has to all right yeah good job okay get on with your get on with your set you know yeah, you're so strong and yeah. so mighty yes, very brave, look very at you brave. Okay. Yeah. no but you do I, I i think that you have some some killer material i love it when you make fun of the millennials it's just it's a hard audience you have to find the audiences that are over yeah 38 no, I've, to I've, be able to just rip into yeah. it the way that you do, and yeah. I love it. I've done it with young audiences, too. It's sort of like if they're not on in the first joke or with right. the first sentence, they might not come along at all. No, because and they're like, he's being mean to us, and it's it, too yeah. true. And then it's they sit on their hands, and, and, you know. Yeah, but they're I, called chores. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I so this leads into right. something, actually. I, I, I like to be newsworthy and controversial or whatever. But uh, breakdancing has just been declared a uh, a uh, Olympic sport. Stop! I thought that was a joke. No, the the joke is that it's a sport. It's not a sport. It's a, well, either is, but then either is like ice skating, right? Because it's a performance. Correct. So a performance also, can't be a sport because it's not. You can't a, a, judge it. It's it always it, not, has. Not that a sp- it, it, it can be. The reason it's not a sport to me is, and this is. Patrice O'Neill is really the one who s- solidified it for me. His rant is better than mine. I part with him on a few decisions he makes. But the gist of it being, if there's not a defense or a defender, mm. then it's not a sport. That doesn't but mean then it's skiing. E- but then skiing doesn't work. Right. Because but there's skiing still- deals with time. See, that's the thing. Is I think it has to be a, a empirically measurable thing to be a sport in that context. So if it's a singular sport in that it's like, I'm shooting yeah. things and I'm doing cross country skiing. All right. There's speed with the cross country skiing yeah. and then there's accuracy with the shooting. So you can That's judge the that empirically. Yes. Yeah. Right. But like and skiing downhill with slaloming. Yes. All right. So skush skush skush. Well, it's timing. Of, you can't miss the Okay, what if about boxing the things, then? Cuz a lot of boxing is also stuff like ring generalship But and, it's still right. It's still points. It's like the contact is the point. So when you hit someone in the face, the the, the judge or the referee goes like okay that's one point and then they at the end right. they say oh how many hits did they have and it's still an empirical yeah. judging of what happened during that time yeah. as opposed to like but that's the thing about gymnastics too it's like it's fucking athletic as fuck right but so is it a sport at no point am i discounting difficulty or skill or any of those things right. i'm just saying it's not a sport it's still a competition I'm gonna it's right. still difficult. Here's here's the thing: gymnastics, breakdancing. The only thing preventing you from being better than the other person is yourself. Mm. Whereas if you throw someone else in there who's trying to choke you out while you're gymnastic, now it's Greco-Roman wrestling or something. Right. And now right. what's preventing you from doing what you want to do is a somebody else, and that's the and difference. that's a sport. Right. The sport is when there's two people involved in a conflict. Now, that doesn't mean I think doing a triple backflip is easy. 
or something. No, I mean, you know, who knows who could do that? Whenever I bring this up, people get real butt hurt. I feel like, just because you can't do it, just because it doesn't have a ball. And it's like, those are, I, that's not. I the feel the same way about um, snowboarding when yeah. they're doing their tricks in the half pipe. And skateboarding, like, is skateboarding a sport? It's athletic as fuck. Right. But skate hockey is a sport. Right. Because it's hockey on a skateboard. That's a sport. There's two teams with a can right. playing on skateboards. What, what's the difference? The difference is a, uh, a defender. A defender, which is what makes it a sport. Yeah. So it's not. But then, it, but then uh, the whole Olympics in the beginning, which was championing sports, which came from running and throwing the javelin. Well, I will contend that they had a very uh, rudimentary understanding of sport way back then. But then, the However, thing is, it's, it's one, com- you're right. It's competition, but is yeah. competition necessarily sport? And I, and then I'm going to agree with you. No, because we're going with the idea that sport is defending and. Oh, get out of here! Who is it? It's Michael B- Michael Bonds. Yay, Mike Bonds! I'm COVID free, baby. Um, this is this is a microphone. Hot mic. And this that's a chair. This is challah bread that I baked. Happy juice. That's a computer. There's a eat some challah bread. It's fresh baked this morning. So we're just getting into our first topic. Al, break dancing is not a sport. Oh. It was just accepted into the Olympics. Oh, okay. Hello. And we're discussing now. Yes. Sport versus. You guys sport. hear me? Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you're in. Oh, Michael Bonds. Michael yeah, here Bonds, I am. everyone. On so the station. So excited that you made it. Yes. That's great. Mutiny Radio. Yeah. Good stuff. Yes. So you just got off. Uh, did, did the did the do did the just job got off just of doing got the, off doing it. the package doing the thing do, in do, the do, neighborhood tis the season door, right ringing your bell all that shit mm, ring the bell well and ringing your bell that has to do with boxing yeah have you how many times have you had your bell rung or you have a joke about it thousands no I mean I <laughs> started about it. playing sports in the seventies mm. and nobody was given a fuck about your brain damage no not at all right uh, I mean even like broken bones were sort of like tape him up and get him back out there. I mean, you had to have really drastic things for them to like, lots of blood, game. and it was just a different scene. They didn't invent the word concussion. I feel like till I was like thirty, sure. you know, like thirty-five maybe. When I was little, I used to spin around on the on the driveway and fall, and I remember yeah. hitting my head a couple times yeah. and feeling my brain rattle around oh, no. and being like, "That's an interesting feeling." Yeah, I, my, but being a child, look, in my neighborhood when I was a kid, we used to always fight and then be friends. After I think I knocked out a few times and I did some knocking out, but. Afterwards, because we had the grown-ups in the neighborhood, they all used to bring you know any no, shake hands. with the kids. Yeah, let's settle it right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boxing gloves. And style. then as soon as you're done, oh, okay, right. now shake hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shake hands. You know. That was like a '70s. Yeah, so I took a few ass beatings, yeah. man. You know. And when I say '70s, I mean all of like history up until right, right, right. <laughs> the, the '80s or something. The <laughs> only enemy, neighborhood to neighborhood. To the change only enemy I ever really had was the ground. Like yeah. I had two enemies. It's just yeah. concrete and asphalt. Two hits. If you want to go over my concussions, just in like organized sports, uh, like I'm sure a couple in soccer, like heading the ball apparently yeah. gives you a yeah, one. Yeah, you can. So yeah. soccer, I had them. Uh, Pee wee football, I had them. Uh, I got hit with a baseball bat and a baseball a couple times in you got uh, hit in the head Little with League baseball? baseball. Yeah, like well, pit- pitchers, like kid pitchers. They don't have pinpoint accuracy or anything. No, not at all. You know, and. Uh, uh, Pee wee football for sure. Junior high school football. Uh, by then I'm wrestling too. Like you oh get, even getting slammed around gets you. I played f- 
Football, what, wait, wait, back up, back up. And what was your weight class? How tiny were you in high school? <laughs> I just want to know. Tiny. Was he like the, were you featherweight? Were you like, you were like 90 to 110 pounds? Was well, that your I was, weight class? I, I was like 4'11", 108 pounds in like So that, I'm right. Grade. I'm 100% right. <laughs> but, I'm 100% fucking right. But then by 10th grade, I'm like 5'3", 130. All right. And then by senior year, I'm 5'5", five, five, like 145. All right, all right. Wow, that's yeah. big for 5'5". Five, five. Right. I'm I was always fucking size. ripped. I was I'm, always this size. Oh, so. my God. Do you have yeah. pictures of you in high Can I masturbate to some pictures of you in high school? <laughs> Is that, it's not pedophilia if you're old now. Yeah, if you're if old I yeah. look, not if, the same. I've, I've, do, I've done this. By the way, for everyone listening, I'm still 5'5", five, five, yeah. 150. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, okay. he's, he's a Soaking hot wet. old dude. Soaking wet. No, but I mean, like, I'm still, like, basically high school school weight and size i am too i'm a lot flabbier oh, yeah. i'll tell you i'm a lot flabbier but yeah i was pretty packed in there uh for a I'm, I'm, I'm right now i'm, I think serious I'm about, about those pounds pictures. over my high yeah. school weight i'm gonna get back there but i'm getting there but yeah but high school with me i was i was like the the bmoc in high school you know I was a football I don't know guy. what BMOC Big, Big man, man on, on campus. campus. Oh. <laughs> I, looked I, at you, I, looked, I looked at you like I knew what that meant. But I was like, I, I didn't say H-N-I-C, fam. I, I, I suspect, that. right, I suspect that's what everyone called you, though. The, yeah, the second right. one. The second <laughs> the one, second, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Where did you go to high school again? I went to school in the city, man. I went to Galileo, man. I went to O.J. Simpson's so, old high school. So people were dropping the, the Yeah, bomb. you know, um, you know, I did, we didn't we didn't deal with a lot of, uh, well, we dealt with, you know, uh, Cause we had like with Asians, we had blacks, we had Latinos, yeah. so we had kind of a melting pot in the city here. So we didn't deal with a lot of like, oh, this gang is here, this gang is here. Yeah, it was mostly like either football team or but, your neighborhood. But still, the word that word then, if yeah. I recall, was more permissible, permissible by association. Oh, by so association, if you were you know, like three Asians and five black guys yeah. were in, were a pals together. They yeah. were saying it to see, each other. That 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 you know that thing. See, I, I got a, I got a, I got a white friend that was yeah. raised in the hood. You yeah. know, that was that was like deeply raised in the yeah. hood. You know, all all in the shit, everything. You know what I'm saying? And he still don't use that word. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, man, I don't want to, you know. But yeah. Are we talking about the N-word? Yes. I thought we were talking about BMOC. Oh, BMOC. Like, oh, oh, okay. Another, another, another thing. thing. Oh. Is it B-N-O-C? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big, big, yeah. Actually, the N. The B-N. 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 Big no, man on campus. And the other one is head in charge. Oh, I didn't know that was I think B-N. Yeah. Oh, see, right. it's that's funny. another way. Well, see, you know, if you use the abbreviation, then you can say it. You know, what I'm saying? I see, I see, I see, I see. Good. Well, you were, you were both. Yeah. And you were also large and in charge. I so was large and in charge. But you're I like, had, what? You you're know, like, you're only like five ten. I'm about five nine. Yeah, right? about yeah. five nine, two forty. Yeah. I'm yeah, about, you're about you're yeah. pretty solid too. You're I wouldn't say I'm there. solid, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but certainly in high school, when you're still young. And yeah, you know, I played football and all of that. So you know, I was, I was that guy. Yeah. 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 I was a tiny person, but I thought I was fat, and it was funny because I'm the same size now, and I'm like, I am tiny. <laughs> and I just saw myself on video the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so small. And it was really exciting for me because I used – and I'm the same size as I was in high school, and back then I thought I was like this huge – I thought I was this enormous woman, and it's just so stupid. I was – I'm a tiny person. I wish I, I had those tiny problems, Pam. I know, I know. <laughs> this is like my – Poor little white girl problems. I yeah. know. The car I got when I was 16, my I parents bought me. It was yeah. brand new. It was like a Hyundai instead of the BMW. Even I look at you like, Everyone what a privilege. <laughs> I know. Whiner. These, these, like. these are actually... I used to wear these in high school. These are my... The, the, the leggings I'm wearing right now are from high school. Express in high school. These are... 
older than you, probably. Oh, give me they're, an A. They're, they're, they're my old <laughs> leggings. I used to wear these in high school. I used to have a matching headband. You remember? I have in the nineties when there were matching headbands that are still in my possession from the eighties. <laughs> this is from, these leggings I've owned are fun. ever since. Then. There's a, several of them that I miss. I don't too much remember the eighties, man. I'm just playing. I have my eighties were a blur. Well, you were a baby. I I have my first training bra that I got in nineteen eighty-eight, and I still have it, and I can still wear it, except it's so old, and the way it's sewn is that like my nipples pop through, but I can still wear it, and it's from nineteen eighty-eight, which is like, how old is that bra? Do some math. Thirty-two years old. Wow, I have a thirty-two-year-old bra that I still fit in. You know what? We should put that in the museum, Pam. We should. We should put it in the Pam museum. That's when bras were built to last. I guess. When they do a story about your life, somebody's gonna buy that thing for like five hundred thousand dollars. I would be Pam Benjamin. Sure, the sweat stains and the alcohol sweat. Dude, you have no idea. That's the thing is that. Hot sweats for being in menopause are kind of the same as night sweats when you're an alcoholic. Mm. So it's difficult. Like, I woke up the other night and I was like, I didn't even drink last night. Why am I sweating? And then it's like, oh, menopause. Oh. That's right. So, I, like, I wake up, I'm slick like a seal. Like, I'm in bed and I'm just a slick seal. And there's no reason for that because <laughs> I'm not, like, detoxing from alcohol I'm just going through menopause. It's, your it's awful. Your yeah. place ain't heated either, yeah. is it right? Well, no, it actually is always heated. Leaky, it has creaky fucking right because because my my apartment was you built. You can see in, the sky through one corner. <laughs> it was built in 1934, and so it has a. A heat system that's done with the radiator. So I have an old radiator, and oh, I'm not allowed to turn it Whoa. off because if you, if anyone in the building turns it off, it explodes in someone else's building, in someone yeah. else's place. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone has to have it on and calibrated to this certain area, and it's you can pressure. never touch oh, it. Is that like one of them you can't flush the toilet while you're taking a shower type of places? <laughs> pretty much. Oh, okay. Pretty much. But uh, so it, it just turns on and off whenever it wants. <laughs> so it's on every day. It's on in the winter. It's on in the summer. It's always on. Hey, so, but what do you expect for three grand a month? Yeah, right. right? Yeah, 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 that's that's. The city not, for I'm, you. I'm, yeah. I'm city rent life. control. It's not that expect? expensive. Oh, no. Does rent control you or you control rent? <laughs> ah. Ah. See, you didn't thought about that. Things that make I, you go, hmm. Well, I used to own houses, <laughs> and I much prefer, I'll never own a house again. I'd rather rent forever. Whoa. I don't ever want to have the responsibility of homeownership ever again. Oh. It was rough. Oh. I mean, I used to, back when I was married and like an irresponsible adult. Well, she had to do all that. Well, no, it was, it was, <laughs> it was a thing where. It takes her to a sad place. Yeah, right. No, it takes me to a sad place because yeah. we were both enslaved by the system. Mm. When we, the only reason we got married is that my, because I didn't want to get married, but my parents were like, you're going to buy a house and you need to be married to do that. Otherwise the taxes, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, hey, so we got married and then we bought a house and I was so nervous. My dad was like, you buy the biggest house they let you buy. You spend them as much money as they let you spend. You get in as much debt as you can. That's what you do. And so we did that. And then, and then the housing bubble burst. And then it was like, our house is worth less. And it was like, we're not in love anymore. And then I was like, you keep this house but it was all like <laughs> you keep this well no i didn't want not it i didn't but i didn't want to make him sell it and take half because yeah. then it was like i was gonna bankrupt him and i didn't yeah. think that was fair or nice so i just sort of walked away but i don't ever want to be a homeowner again like when the water heater breaks you have to pay for it yeah yeah and when the roof leaks yeah. that's your biz yeah if anything happens anything. it's you it's you and when anything happens in my place when the bulbs go out. Yeah. I get to call them and be like, uh, the lighting fixture went out and they come and they yeah. fix it for me. Like, yeah, thing is, thing is about my house is my handyman. He's an asshole, but he's a great handyman. You know? He is a great handyman. <laughs> is it Matthew Quirk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great handyman. 
great handyman, by he's, the way, man. He is. He did yeah. the sink. He did the sink yeah. here at Mutiny Radio. He he's a hero. He is. He got. He he came through and like a champ and did what he did. And yeah, shout out to you, man. We have hot. Damn we right. have water here now because of Matthew Quirk. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah, you yeah. guys all got to pay two bucks. Yeah. to you come. She pays me to be <laughs> here at Mutiny Radio. That's how I got it. Well, no, because he hobbies has the that pays. <laughs> Well, I have to think of the things. So one of the things I actually need to pay someone to do before the end of the year is clean these computers. So I am looking for someone to come in that here and sit with me. That is way out of I my know, right? No, I know, but yeah. How like, much are you paying? How much? What, what are we talking? Fifty bucks an hour. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, well, but I just—it's it's a, a really, really clean computer. But it's—it's right? it's a really easy fix for <laughs> like a hours, smarty damn. pants person. Yeah, smarty pants would know how to do it. Two and a half hours. I think it'll probably be four hours, honestly. But um, it's four hours and or five, whatever. Uh, but I want to pay someone. I have to. I have to. I have to do everything before the end of the year. I'm thinking about, like, what else do I need here from Matthew Quirk? What can you do for me that I can pay it for? What can Matthew do for you? Yeah. See, the other thing is what a can lot. Brown do for you? Mm. A lot. No, that's yeah. me. Well, that's its own thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, we're talking about the brown outfit, yes. Oh, yeah. They, they, oh, that was see, a slogan. Yeah, for right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Who names a package delivery service Oops. Oops. Uh, oh, the founding that's fathers, funny. I guess. Oh no, it's not mine. I stole that from like Gallagher or something. You know, I actually, I, I love the job, man. It's it's really cool being out there and yeah. you know, um, just showing love to the neighborhood and the people, man. And you know, it's one of those jobs where you know it, it's it's just an awesome thing to do, yeah. man. We get in there and you know, if the job dri- jives with you, I'm all for it. I'm, yeah. I'm just always like the people who don't want the job but took it because they need it or yeah. it's benefits or some yeah. some way they yeah. worked it out on paper, but they don't like the job. They don't like doing it. They don't well, you know, it. It, the thing and is the way they weed like because when I went into uh, and, like, and I'll and talk that's just your job. Like yeah. all jobs oh, okay. have that angle to it. Go on. Like when I went into uh, my training class, there was about. Four 40 of us is yeah. one of those things and about five of us only made it out so they Graduated really do whatever, yeah. i know yeah they really do a lot of extensive uh you know weeding out of people well you sure. can't yeah. you okay if you're interacting with the public all the time yeah. every day you have to have a certain personality i think so component yeah. Yeah. that makes you amenable to people being dicks yeah. or being nice or like you have to constantly be nice whether they're nice or not you, you know yeah. people throw these react. little jabs and comments a yeah. lot and uh you know like uh one of I, I, somebody I, I don't know him but i delivered to him the other day uh some someone was driving down the street and a tire popped and the guy was standing next to me and he goes i bet you know what that sounds like and i looked at him and i was like uh, you're a dick, and I'll see you later. I just said, yeah, I just said, yeah, a tire pop. I drive a truck. I bet you know what that sounds like, and I and I'm not to, not just to go into detail, but yeah, I was in a workplace shooting three years ago. I'm pretty oh, sure I know what that sounds like. Oh, you know, that's so PTSD and me. Yeah, you know, but uh, people are jerks. Even, yeah, that didn't even occur to me. I, uh, yeah. but but like I'd be like, yeah, it's a tire pop. I drive a truck. Yeah, but I mean, people are that thing is people are jerks, and that was my whole point is that. You know, you got to kind of keep your composure a lot. I, yeah. I can only think of, okay, so I was a jerk not too long ago. I was having a really Which is also a great movie, too, The Jerk. The, it is a great yeah. yeah, I love Superman. <laughs> Don't compare your actions <laughs> to The Jerk. So I'm, I was, I, I did something, I, I'm usually a really nice person, but I was very mean not too long ago. You have your days, Pam. I was, I have my days. I was having a really bad day, and I was kind of. Being, feeling sorry for myself and feeling a little misty. And uh, I was frowning and I was right by Powell. And some guy with like an English or an Australian accent was like, You're, I can't even do it because I can only think of just Iceland. Just You're too pretty. Yeah. You're too pretty to be, sh- to be frowning and, and not smiling um, or something like that. And uh, 
I yelled at him. I was like, you motherfucking limey, get back to England. What the fuck? Don't you tell me what to do, tourist asshole. And I just start screaming at him on the street at Powell for, like, you know, an audience of the people that are out there. Right now it's COVID time, so there weren't a lot of people out there. But I was just, I just went off on this guy. And he was probably like, what did I do? I was trying to be nice to this cunty girl, and she just lost her fucking mind. So... I've been there yes, recently, yes. and so when other when I hear other people screaming, I'm like, they are having a bad day. So you're human. So Pam, you're <laughs> human, right? You're actually a human, human being. Yeah, I'm yes. a human being. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I yelled it. I was like, "You lie, me cocksucker! Don't you fucking tell me how to feel? I feel sad. Fuck you! What are you doing here? Get back to England, you fuckbag! What are you spending all your money here? I was all oh, your pounds to dollars. You make so much more money. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, screaming. She got she got fiscal. I know, right? She she <laughs> freaked out for she no put a reason. Juice on there. She went a moni- extra. She went monetary policy. Extra sauce on there. Mon- monetary <laughs> policy on him. I just the monarchy makes no sense yeah. to me. Yeah, we we all have our moments. We all have our moments. I've been watching the Crown, that aristocracy bullshit. It's like why you let all your antiquities. So we have things called museums. Mm-hmm. I don't know who owns them. I guess the Gettys own one that's very special, and they're like royalty, but like. Literally, they have all of these palaces that are filled with like thousand year old rugs and gorgeous, amazing paintings that are theirs. And it's like, so those don't belong to everyone. Just you get to look at the cool antiquities. Fuck you. Who the (laughs) fuck are you? You were born into some weird fucking family and now you're special. Fuck your face. (laughs) Like, I don't get it. I don't understand whether like, like I'm a true American. I ain't bound to no fucking king or queen. Uh Like, oh, you get everything and we're just commoners. You call me a commoner? Fuck you. Well, it's clearly a holdover from an ancient time. You know, (laughs) it's just that's really. But then why keep it? Why? Why champion? That little island basically likes it. Yeah. Because they own all these other places. But then why did the no, Australians the, go? Yes, of course we bow to the Queen, Your Majesty. It just doesn't make sense to me. Why? I, I, I get it, but like a lot of things don't make s- yeah, sense to me. But it's like, oh, I, I get it academically. Like there's all kinds of religious obligations and things. Like this makes no sense anymore. So and when then why don't we resolve that? And well, because. It's it's similar. I mean, where's the direct line between culture, religion, tradition? You know, like why don't we all just live so like they're they're happy with their ancient system that they get to watch right. and you know pine about. And oh, what should we do? Just start watching TV instead? Like what? Like this is the TV we want to watch. I mean, I wish all reality shows would go away but people are like no this is the kind of lifestyle we want to live i mean it's part of you know i think it's if you ask me those reality tv shows are a hell of a lot dumber <laughs> than the monarchies which are also i mean dumb. we don't in this Pretty country I don't, I don't think we have a monarchy but we certainly put you know certain stars or actors yeah. up there sure. as if they're and kings and queens the but also there are people yes. like the gettys and right. the, jo- the, and the rockefellers and the johnson fortune yes. and the yeah. Koch brothers and, yeah. yeah like all these things there the walmart family they're no yeah. different than uh, aristocracy they've sure. got their palaces that are guarded and they've got their private they, they, like the actual whatever painting is in right. their bathroom right right you know? yeah. right and it's like except i respect the queen the fucking difference i respect the royal family more because at least they bring in tourism dollars 
dollars to their country. Whereas, what do the fucking Walmart family bring? No one gets to go <laughs> tour their houses or chill in their area or like get some kind of tour. Like the only right. ones yeah. that do that is the is the Hearst Castle, which is gorgeous and amazing. Um, uh, but that only happened because they ran out of money and they had to turn it into a museum because they had no yeah. other recourse because yeah. they like bankrupted everything after the. Yeah, we certainly have, the, you know, the Kennedys, for example, you know, yeah, we the got Bushes, the Will, the are, Will Smiths, are, are, too. Yeah. <laughs> right, the Coppola family. The Coppola family, exactly. There's right, Nick Cage is in the Coppola family. A lot he? of people don't know that. Yeah. Nick Cage is Nick Cage is like. Francis Ford Coppola's nephew or something? Oh, wow. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's so crazy. He ditched the name because he didn't want to just be like riding on that name. So his last it, name was actually Coppola? Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, But, you know, eventually people knew, but by yeah. then he was Nick Cage. Oh, okay. Cage. I, oh, wow. I so he's been rich all his life then, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Or at least privileged. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how wealthy he was being the nephew of this guy, but he certainly sure. was able to. <laughs> if I had a millionaire uncle, I'd yeah. be rich too. But he, that provided <laughs> some yeah. access. And also, in, like, maybe he didn't give him a, a, a hookup, but he got to see Hollywood from a different angle. Yeah. Be like, oh, yeah. I could audition. Oh, I know. Yeah. He had you an know, insight on it. He had yeah. some yeah. kind of inside yeah. track. It wasn't purely just a yeah. rando. And he is yeah. like one of the best and worst actors ever in the history yeah. of the world. He's in some movies I'm like, you're amazing. And in other movies I'm like, yeah, like you're amazing. I can always go for a Nicolas so Cage. Like, I don't watch movie. Raising Arizona and be like, yeah. oh, Coppola. No. Coppola I can always what's no, your favorite what's great. your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? Right. Uh leaving Las Vegas Bar None, the opening That's, scene is one of the best scenes of all. Is that all the movies. one where uh he kills himself Kevin Costner with, or something? Oh no, the He Vegas kills himself one? with alcohol in Vegas and he okay. the opening scene is him in like a Bevmo and just he's having the best time because he's choosing all the alcohol that he's going to murder himself uh. with. He fills up an entire, and he's having such a good time. And it's such a good scene, and you're like, oh my God, this is what this movie's about. And it starts devolving. But it's an interesting way that they filmed it because he's such a method actor that he, on one of the scenes when he's in the casino and he's uh. supposed to be super wasted, he was literally super wasted. He drank. He almost got alcohol poisoning. Wow. Like That's he deep. drank and drank and drank <laughs> and drank. That's and committing to the bit. That's committing so to the bit. He was exactly. method acting. And Lawrence literally. Olivier would be like, "That's it's called acting, son. Yeah. Try but acting, my try boy. Try acting. I don't know how you can act when you're that drunk, but okay. Nobody did. And they filmed it. And it's the one scene when they're in the casino. And it's a lot of like B-roll and montage. Uh -huh. But it's crazy. It, and, he's, and he's great. He's great in that movie. Yeah. So... You know, uh, leaving so Las Vegas number one. Great. He is <laughs> leaving Las Vegas number one. Raising yeah. Arizona number two. Aircon number three. Con Air. Con yes, Air. That's what I was gonna Air say. Con. I like what. So what's the Con movie Air. where he played like the Elvis guy or something like that, or him and Kevin Costner or something? They like that? They jump out of the things and they're the flying Elvises. And yeah. that is. Yeah. What is that? That's not in Leaving Las Vegas. No, that it's was another movie with him and Kevin. I think they played it's, like Elvis, Kevin Costner played like Elvis' son comedy. or something like that. Or? No, not. Uh, 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 it's like Mike Douglas or Kirk Douglas or one of the like uh, one of those guys. Oh, okay. The, okay. Uh, who's the youngest? Uh, he played Snake Ripken. Uh, who's that guy? <laughs> Charlie Sheen. In, in Escape, from, Escape from New York. 
Oh, oh, uh, uh, oh, a uh, Jack. No, 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 I've said Jack because you know. Um, Kirk Duck. Kirk. No, no, uh, not Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Kurt totally Russell. different. Disney star. <laughs> yeah. Kurt Russell was a Disney star as a child, yeah. and when he was like 11, 12, he was in a bunch of Disney movies in the 70s. So you can look at old Disney movies. Like he wasn't in Escape from Witch Mountain, but uh, that whole like genre of films yeah, in the 70s. He's in there. Kurt Russell was. He was in like Return of Flubber, or it was Disney movie. Oh it wow. Was, in like live person Disney movies in the 70s, Kurt Russell was one of their stars Fun fact. as a kid. And then he continued and he went to commercials. He did more and more and more. Fun fact. And uh, yeah. Nice. Was, nice. My other one I love who reminds me of Kurt Russell but isn't is Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid? I love me some Dennis Quaid. Dreamscape, yeah. one of the best movies in the 80s. Have you seen Dreamscape? No. Probably Neither of you have seen Dreamscape? No. I think, <gasps> I, did I think, uh, oh my God, you need to look up Dreamscape. Promise me. Right now, Dreamscape. Dreamscape. Okay. It's with, it's so good. It's with Dennis Quaid, and it's in the '80s, uh -huh. and it's a, he has the ability to go into people's dreams, and so does somebody else. And there's an apocalyptic thing, and it's crazy. And it's is this nuts. like a Stephen Kingish movie? Oh wow! It's Stephen Kingish, but it's yeah. not Stephen King. I think oh, okay. I saw but it. It's called Dreamscape, yeah, and it's so that. good. Yeah. And he's they they. When you get into people's dreams, you have to be close enough to him. So there's a scene where he's like yeah. downstairs from someone else and he puts his hand on the ceiling. It's very iconic. And there's a, an apocalyptic scene at the end where this one guy's on a train and you see all this stuff and one guy turns into a snake and is like, scary! Yeah, I've but seen that movie. Oh, wow. It's so good! Dreamscape, everybody. Oh, okay. Go look up. I bet it's Dreamscape. free on YouTube. It's okay. probably free on YouTube. Okay, I think I'll check it out. Yeah, cool. It's really all right. good. All right, we're off topic. What do you guys want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I there is no to. topic tonight. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? I, I wanted to get more pushback about the. Uh, I, I, I like. What do you guys think about on. everything closed down? I'm fine with it. Yeah? So here's the thing I feel about it San Francisco, as of this morning, has 165 deaths. Oh, we're, shit. we're doing fine. Uh, we're, we have. 165 deaths from COVID? From COVID, Holy since shit. the beginning of COVID. Wow. So that's very low. Yeah. And if you, look at, lot, if you look at LA. I mean, <laughs> they have they have like 7,400 deaths in LA. So if you look at California as a whole, a lot of people have died. And just recently, there were like 3,000 new cases as of yesterday. So there's all this stuff that's happening now in San Francisco. It's not a problem. So right now, we just have to take one for the team. Yeah. And motherfuckers, the rest of you can't fucking handle it. Yeah. I just got a COVID test yesterday. I'm negative. Yeah. And so that means that anybody here at Mutiny Radio is negative. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, right? Yeah. So whatever we're doing, we're doing it right. We're using plastic bags. Yeah. We're using fucking mic condoms, yeah. throwing them away, yeah. doing yeah. the whole thing. I, I, I'm clean. I'm mad. We're all, we're all I'm clean. clean. I'm, you clean, Matt? I'm clean because right. I do outdoor mics. I work by myself, yeah. and I brought my own microphone. I right. just don't like people. I'm sorry. I just don't like That's people. That's fine. Man. Yeah, but we wear the mask outside. <laughs> I don't interact with anybody. But my point is, like, every cough I had started with a dab. So yeah. we're doing fine <laughs> here in San Francisco. But everywhere else in California, they can't fucking figure this shit out. Yeah. Well, and it's not we just California. It's the whole rest of the nation. It's everywhere. Right. It's, it's, yeah. It's they like, had to close down the state. I mean, no 49. That's big when you do stuff like that, when you have to, well, you know. My biggest problem with all this is that um, a lot of us have been behaving in the extreme since March. Yeah. yeah. And now we Safety have to first, wait bitches. out another whatever many days till fucking Trump gets out mm. and then see what happens with another month or two into the Biden administration where there will still be people defying. Mm. And it's like if we we could this could be so fucking over if we had just, you know, a little bit of adult behavior. Yeah, it sucks. I, I, I want to do my favorite thing. Yeah, me too, dickhead. But we have to make sacrifices yeah. to, for a greater 
but I want, I want, I want. I, you know, like all all my skating friends still want to gather and skate. All my comedy mm. friends still want to do shows. All the drinkers still want bars to be open. All the religious fanatics I know still want to go worship together. Oh, but they get to have together. 200 people. You're allowed to pray well, and worship with 200 people, the, and you're allowed to protest po- with 200 people, yeah. but you're not allowed to have a comedy show where but everyone brings their of, own mic and everybody's wow. yeah. socially distanced? Wow. Oh, okay. And this yeah. is, but this is kind of my point, not just the illogic of it, but everybody wants everyone else to make the major sacrifices, and they want to pretend that their special thing or their particular hobby or addiction or whatever is somehow immune to the spread, so they're not cooperating in mm. one way or the other. I mean, Sturgis motorcycle thing, they were super defiant about it. Mm. And then there was a, like, South Dakota is still reeling from uh, the Sturgis motorcycle event and all the COVID spread. It was like three months ago now. Because those dirty fucking people are spitting into each other's mouths. It's they're, really but easy. Also, so you, are you going to take this uh, vaccine when out. it comes out? Uh, yeah. yeah, so everyone who's afraid of it, uh, here we have a, a, an expert, mm-hmm. an African-American male. There you go. I am. Because uh, Tuskegee comes up a lot. With it, does. Oh, it, yeah. does. it does. Oh, shit. But let me, let me mention something about Tuskegee, if I may. Tuskegee, they intentionally gave syphilis. Syphilis. To to black yes, men, to African American men, yeah, because they, they were flying too. Because they yeah. no, that's they were, a different, that's a different thing. Yeah, that's oh, the uh, okay. Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. Yeah. That's yeah. A, the Tuskegee Institute was an institute in Alabama where yeah. they invited a bunch of uh, you know, it was like a Mayo Clinic you know, kind yeah. of thing. right. And they, and they uh, no, them, I knew about this. They, they gave told them that they were giving them something else, but they were actually giving them syphilis, yeah. and a lot of them died of it. And so I thought that I and thank you for clarifying this. I thought the Tuskegee Airmen and the Tuskegee Institute were the same thing. Yeah. And that Another, they did it to Navy yeah, men. Because yeah. I thought, oh, black Navy men that are flying, yeah. they, when you're in the Army or in the Navy, they can do anything to you. You're, yeah, you're, a, slave. Can, you're yeah. a slave. They you're can. less so, than a slave. Yeah. I, but that's the thing is, yeah. I thought that those were one and the same. Now, <laughs> None less than but a slave. now <laughs> I'm even, dead, dead, dead is, I'm maybe. like way <laughs> more up in arms about this because I thought the Tuskegee Airmen, I was like, oh, well, they were in the Navy and the government fucked them. And that's what happens when yeah. you're in the Navy. But now that I know that it was a completely separate thing and they just fucked over people to fuck over black guys, that is bad. But you see, the thing well, is, anyway. me, the thing I, is, is that well, going, I, if I may, yeah, yeah, the yes. thing is, is that um, that was, you know, that was that, you know, the Tuskegee Project. This is something on a worldwide basis that's yeah. going to happen, and there's already been some, you know, some some backlashes to it. Uh, you know, if you heard a lot of people have had some bad allergic reactions to it and everything yeah. like that, and I understand that. But you know, at the same time, we don't know what ten years down the line this is going to do to people because they kind of just put it together. Yeah, you know, that's a thought. I'm all that's, for that's it I'm, a, because I've known this? people yeah. that had it, and I'm all for it. But at I'm the not going to. I'm not going to take it because I also don't take the flu shot. Me because either. every time I get the flu shot, and I have in the past when yeah. I was a teacher, I get sick. Yeah. Every time I give blood, I get sick. Yeah. I'm a tiny person, and I have weird allergic reactions to a bunch of different things. Yeah. I'm. I get anaphylactic shock from a desiccant that's used in the onions on. White Castle burgers. Damn, I love what? White Castle burgers. I know I loved White Once Castle burgers. Once again, <laughs> onions are a poisonous almost food that you're just a shell to big onion if you eat those. Oh, see, but now so, you couldn't. My, my wife desiccant. loves onions. My point is that there's this weird thing that they use to dehydrate those onions and also to do coconut. Sometimes I can't eat certain coconuts. Mm. Not that I'm allergic to coconut. 
I'm allergic to the thing that they dry things out with. Mm. And if I eat that, I can die. Mm. Same thing with if I get stung by a bee. I'm allergic to weird fucking shit. I mm. break out into hives all the time. I mm. get sick. I'm very, very sensitive. I'm allergic to bill collectors. Ha. <laughs> I break out into hives when they come too. But like, I don't have any debt, so I'm okay. But right, like that's my point is that if I get the vaccine, there's probably something they put in the vaccine. Like some weird... Thing, well, like some weird stuff. serum. There's stuff for like, blah, blah, blah. they gotta have carriers in there. Yeah. And, right. and, uh, stuff that's unnatural to the body. And, or, yeah. or it's not, you know, yeah, it's not, it, it's not poison, but it's not But yeah. to me, yeah. Yeah. because I'm so sensitive, and my body's vitamins. sensitive to all these weird things that other people's bodies aren't sensitive to, I'm super afraid to take some vaccine. Because yeah. I don't know what's in the serum. Yeah. It could fucking kill me. Yeah. Like, well, my if point I react about to the, everything anyway. Yeah, my point about the... Uh, the Tuskegee thing is they were giving them syphilis to see what syphilis did because mm. they weren't 100% clear on the full start to finish. They're like, oh, it makes you crazy. What else is it? It makes your dick leak. Right, right, right. <laughs> and But we don't need to do that with COVID. We've seen it go all the way. <laughs> right. So, so that incentive uh, for them to give you something fake to see what happens yeah. is sort of removed yeah. from the. Uh, but the idea, like, well, right, that's why I think about that, LASIK. That incentive. What's LASIK going to do in yeah, 20 years? Get, that, that, you know? that incentive is, is never removed because you think about, uh, and, and, and this is something that I've actually heard that they've tested a lot of these. Um, I've, I've just heard it, but I've, they've tested yeah. a lot of these vaccines on prisoners first. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that I mean that within itself is, you know, a is something weird. similar to yeah. Tuskegee because But they're also owned yeah. prisoners are yeah. owned yeah. by the government. By the but state. once again, yeah, the yeah. they're not the prisoners, right? Yeah. right? Those right, guys right, right. are getting the bum dose. But also <laughs> by the time it gets to us, yeah. it'll have gone through a couple of waves of testing where they're finding out these allergic reactions right. and then tweaking the formula a little right. to re- remove that cuz at this point, the last thing any sane government wants is more fucking panic and yeah. and, and right. scientific questionable and medical. Yeah. And they're like, we gotta settle this, you know? They're like, we okay, we've Salem witch trialed long enough. Time to get back to you know modern science mm. and understanding. Well, the thing that makes this one uh, a lot better is because it's on a global scale. Right. That there's several different countries working on this right now. You know, there's several different, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, 10 or 15 different com- countries that are like, we got it, we got it. You and know? they can't all be in cahoots. Yeah, and not everybody's, you know, you know, going to be dealing with Americans as far as, hey, we're going to take care of, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, we just got to be mindful of that. But uh, And also, to get strategically, to strategically speaking, uh, if you can get your population actually cured of this, you can go ahead with life while everyone else is dealing with their fake serums and their scare t- and their bullshit and their continuing outbreaks. And if you can be like, hey, we're cured, fool. We're back to normal. How about I tested it? I don't have it. I've been doing outdoor mics. I've been doing outdoor shows. Now, maybe I've been cleaner. Like, I've been having mics for individual people. I've been encouraging people bringing their own mics. We've yeah. been covering mics with stuff we've been trying to stay as i haven't spit in anybody's mouth so we're not yet but i mean and that's the tinder dating is its own thing and not that i tinder date but they're like they will wear their masks for like the first five minutes and then they take it down it's like oh are you you feel safe around me now yeah. <laughs> not that i not that i tinder date but um i don't i don't understand what people are doing i'm i don't have it I, I think that I've taken some good precautions. I haven't taken the craziest of precautions right. in that 
if I, I may, Pam, you well, you still got to live your life too. You've so. taken quite few precautions, yeah. in my <laughs> opinion. You've uh, really taken the fewest possible. Yeah. And um, like I said, you still got to live your life, Pam. But you so. managed to not get it, which is a good sign. I feel better about yeah. being here. I think that uh, these comedy shows that we've done, you know, um, I'm not actually. You know, I'm go- going off of the fact that when we do these shows, we're masked up, you know. And it's actually funny because uh, a, com- a, um, a comedian show I did the other night, uh, I, I I had my mask on the whole night. And then when we go to take the pictures at the end of the night, <laughs> I took my mask off. No, I'm the only one that took my mask off. And so the, the, the guy that books the show, he's like, hey, Mike, man, uh, you know, I can't have you taking pictures with everybody's got their mask on and you got yours off. And I was like, you know what? I was responsible the whole night, but I get what you're saying, yeah. man. Take oh, pictures with masks, let people. Let me prove to you how responsible I was. Here's the one photo from the evening. Oh, shit. Take pictures with your mask, yeah. people, not with them. This also gives credit. I don't remember if you earlier there was a big uh, bake in and bake on uh, controversy where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you irresponsible outdoor mic people. Yeah. And it's like, well, here we are, an outdoor micer here, not. You know, testing narrative. Yeah. Yeah. I bring so, my yeah. own microphone, and I encourage other people. Here, yeah. I always have plastic bags, yeah. and I always encourage is, people is to it, bring their own Is this kind of like how the plague was? I'm not sure, but back in the day when they went through the plague and the first pandemic, is this what no. the level no, it was, that was No, let me tell you why. Yeah. They had no fucking idea back then. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. whereas we have. I actually I actually t- uh, knew somebody that uh, their aunt or something like that was in the last pandemic, and they literally said that there would be houses of families when, uh, was it the Spanish flu, the last the, pandemic? Yeah, 1919. Yeah. They said they were families that were often like a day from this thing. You know, it was that serious, the last one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, know? like but an entire like the, household would die. Right. But even like yes. the Black Plague was like, uh, th- they knew nothing of germs back yeah. then. They yeah. knew. Well, like, they were you know, throwing we their know, shit in the street. But we yeah. know so took your much chamber more. pot yeah. and yeah. threw it out Cholera the Cholera was yeah. a serious thing. But they knew so much less then, yeah. you know? Yeah. But uh, here, here's something to think about. Uh, do you know what the big deal was? You know who didn't really get the plague? Who? The Jews. Really? Yeah. Uh, because they were kosher. <laughs> What's one of the kosher. significant features of being kosher? You don't eat pork. Don't eat pork. Uh, 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 something more physical uh, to your person. More physical to your person. Washing your fucking hands. Right. Exactly. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Don't touch women. <laughs> yeah. Well, there isn't. Men will shake hands with men. If you're... If, if you're an orthodox rabbi, you aren't allowed to touch women, any woman. Wow. So there's a lot of, like, only your wife. Yeah. And sometimes then just threw a, a yeah. sheet with a hole in it oh, for wow. your dick. Oh, no, that's, that's bullshit. That's crazy. That sheet with the hole. With that's that crazy. Thing, with the tassels that they wear. Uh, Next time I meet an orthodox, what, what do you call it? An orthodox? Yet the Pesach on the side. Yeah, I'm going to, yo, man. So, I'm sorry. Uh, happened. So happened. Uh, what was this? Eat some challah bread. Speaking of Hanukkah, please. I baked that this morning. You just rip off a piece because it's a braid. You don't want to? Okay. It's really good. I made it this morning. Spread. Oh, he is. Uh, the, the, the thing I was... Um, so, so, yeah, the holla bread, it's, it's, Han- it's Hanukkah. It's yeah. So let's all, let's all celebrate. There's no weed in it. It's, just, it's, it's yeah. clandestine. Oh, yeah. okay. No, it's just you, bread. Yeah. It's just bread. <laughs> oh. No, but it's also um, in, 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 this, in, the, in the second pandemic, uh, what was the, one of the biggest things to help kill the spread? 
Washing your hands. Washing your hands. What's what was the thing now? Washing your it's like just the littlest bit of cleanliness makes such well, a freaking improvement. Please, um, everyone needs to be proud of me. I've been biting my nails for forty six years. I don't know if you ever noticed that my mm. hands were super ugly. But I have long nails now. I've been growing out I haven't been putting my fingers in my mouth because mm. I realized like all them canker sores. <laughs> well, no, no, it isn't the herpes in my mouth. It was Whoa. it was just that I, I, my fingers are constantly in my mouth and, and everything is dirty. And I was, I do wash my hands a lot. Cause, but now, now I have to wash my hands even more. When you have fingernails, it is so hard to keep these bitches clean. I don't know how people have done this for this long. It's impossible. Like three times a day, there's shit under, I'm like, where did that come from? What did I scratch my back? And now it's like, blah. So I'm constantly you, washing my hands. Shows you what filthy animals we really are. We're filthy animals. I just have never had fingernails before. So this is a whole new world for me. Of like trying to be pretty. Yeah, it's a thing to get you the dirt out from under your nails. It's crazy. Yeah. So wash those fingers, people. Yeah, just wash. Wash those fingers. Wash those hands. A little soap and water. <laughs> wash everything. Hands. Wash everything. Little, How about that? We just wash it all. Wash the ass. Soap, wash the feet. Soap and water your mouth, catapulted your eyes. in a way that like fire did to yeah. the caveman. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And and obviously refrigeration. Uh, that helped a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, there's this whole ass-eating thing that I'm like, you know, before soap and water, ass-eating wasn't such a big thing. I don't think that's a big thing during COVID anymore. As a matter of fact, one of the things that saved humanity was when we finally just separated ass from eating. I don't think there's any place on the human body that humans wouldn't put their mouths or tongues. I'm I'm just, you know, I'm floored by the whole thing. Well, it's the farm effect. It might actually be probiotic, but who knows? The farm effect. What's the farm effect, Pam? I'm curious to that. The farm effect is when you take children... It's like when children eat mud pies and they hang out with chickens like and they stick dirt. their fingers yeah. in their face. Oh, like it's the farm effect. Like if you super expose inoculation. Oh, okay. See, I had a whole another. I, I had a whole another thought process. Yeah, if you, of that, if you so. expose <laughs> children to all this gross Shit, stuff, what's that guy's yeah. name? This, they, fire, this farmer, Joel Stylin or Stylin or something like that. No, he's not a farmer. He's a he's an author. Oh. Uh, this this guy, Joel Stylin, Joel Stalin? S something. Uh, but he has these like rotating farms and open air butcheries, uh-huh. and so he'll like send the chickens through to eat bugs and shit, and then pigs through to eat grubs and shit, and then cows through to eat the grasses that grow, and then shit, and oh, then nice. farm on it. And it's like this rotating thing over the acres. He keeps it moving, mm. and when he slaughters his chickens and stuff, it's in like this like open air. It's like out there with stuff. Oh, nice! And they've done these tests of like how much bacteria is in there. And it's like 100 parts per million. How much is in your average slaughterhouse? Oh, 30,000 parts per million. Yeah. So it's like, it's like open air shit is oh, cleaner wow. than the... Yeah. Well, it's disgusting the way we do up, factory farming. Up to farming. a point, he will drink out. out of the same trough that the yeah. cows drink out of. Wow. Like after like the fourth day, it gets too filthy. But like for a couple of days, yeah. he's like, it's like drinking inoculate. My uncles did it. Like mm. they're all... And he's this big country boy yeah. you know and he's i'm like, from the country i know yeah i don't know but I ain't, yeah. <laughs> and uh I, I think it'd be tough to just start yeah. now you'd probably be sick for a couple of days it <laughs> takes some getting but it's yeah. probably long term yeah. good for you to be a little exposed well the mexicans drink water down there and they don't get montezuma's revenge i got sick in mexico drinking the water yeah so. don't drink but it's the ice cubes however it's mm. when you get the mixed drinks mm. you have to add Never get a mixed drink in Mex- Mexico or mm. get anything with ice unless mm. you ask where they're ice. You have to see their bag of ice. Mm. They can't make their own ice. If they I make the, their own I had ice. I the Mexican trots for three days. Yeah, it's because. <laughs> so I'm curious, though, uh, uh, what's their infant mortality rate? I'm sure. But that's the thing is 
the Mexicans don't get sick. It's the Americans. Well, that the yeah. Mexicans that, serve, that, that uh, after a certain point they don't get sick. But I mean, I think there's a, a percentage of babies that are you lost. Know, you know, well, the, but the rich people buy bottled diarrhea. water. So you know what? You know what's funny that you say that, Matt, because um, I was in another country one time. Yeah. And Which uh, country? Huh? I was in Brazil. Right. right? And they had How'd a kid. You get, wait, before you get to that, how'd you mm-hmm. get along with the Portuguese? Did they all speak English? Some of them. You have to learn a little bit, but it's kind of like Italian, you know, kind of kind of Italian, Spanish type of deal. A couple of different words thrown in there, but it's a beautiful language, beautiful place. All right. But um, I went to a KFC out there. And all right, because I because I'm a I'm, I love chicken, my brother. You know what I'm saying? Don't, well, don't judge me. Say shit. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? By the way, so I went to, so by I went the to, way, white people hate chicken. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you know. No, see, this is the Fried thing white people don't tea. like when you look at them while they're eating chicken. He's looking at me, honey. There she goes. Yeah, go ahead and lick your fingers, man. You're good. Yeah. But anyway, so I was in a KFC in a, uh, in Brazil. Damn. And one of the biggest things that I noticed about their their meat as far it tastes so different yeah you know and if you notice the people in other countries aren't as overweight they don't have the health problems that americans argentina have. too argentina i've been yeah. there too yeah um they don't have the same kind of problems that we have because a lot of their food is not processed the same yeah. way exactly so you know therefore they look different you know their their health is different a lot of things and and believe me these you know, multi-billion dollar conglomerates go to other countries and set up shop, McDonald's, Burger King, so on and so forth, yeah. Domino's, Pizza. But again, they use local stuff. You know, yeah, they local, have to use Argentine yeah. beef. Yeah, Argentine right? Beef. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to fly it in. First but. of all, I think that's what they use everywhere. Argentine beef is great, too. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It's, but it's the same type of deal. It's like yeah. that is a cow out there eating grass yeah. out there in nature. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, yeah. you know, similar... Is in Brazil, mm-hmm. and it's like the the, the beef itself yeah. is like a higher quality. Product. It is. It really is. You're right, though, about everyone from other countries being thinner. I I was in Greece in 2018 and 2019, and I didn't see it. the only fat Greek people I saw mm. were like super old dudes that were like taxi drivers yeah. and super old ladies yeah. that were like wearing black and just sort of like waddling across the street. Uh-huh. Everyone else was in amazing shape because everyone was eating like goat yeah. and gyros. And their skin color is beautiful too, right? Because of the olives. Everyone <laughs> they also don't have 35,000 types of chips. Mm. Wait, no, yeah. I mean... They do have a lot of junk food in other countries. They do, but this was like, I don't know, Greece? Oof. Everyone was gorgeous. Yeah. I, I mean, I was on a beach and I was yeah. like looking at a lady and I'm like, she's got to be like over 50. And she looked... Like a, just a goddess. I was like, I felt I felt so inadequate in Greece. I was like, I am an Argent- ugly white American. Argentina is everyone is at least an eight. Like wow, it's like yeah, you know the it's type of thing. It's not like they're all so unbelievable, but like no one is average. Mm. It's like yeah, their their average is true. way up yeah, there. Yeah, true. And they're all, true. and they're, they, they. I actually had a, not to cut you off, Matt, but yeah. I actually had, when I was in Brazil, um, a good friend of mine, she actually invited me to the favelas. You know what the favelas mm, are out it's there? The, it's yeah. the scariest, the ghetto. Oh, yeah. Were but you scared? Me, oh, no, let me tell you, man. That is, Brazil. that was one of the most beautiful trips I had up there. Because let me tell you. So first she called her friend and they said, okay, the Americans are coming. We're going to make some good dinner for them. Yes. So, yeah, they made a great. We went to this 200-year-old house. Ah! I shit you not. 200 years old in the favela. On the hill. On, on the, the hill. hill. Yes. Because all the poor people live on the hill and all the rich yes. people live down there. And it makes no sense because the Dude. people on the hill that are poor have the beautiful view. Dude, they made the oxtails. They made all. They had, temperate. you know, we brought 
uh, hats and soccer balls to play, you know, with the kids. It was so much fun. I had more fun hanging out with the poor people than I did, you know, the people with their established or whatever, yeah. sure. you know, rich or whatever. Let me tell you, man, that that place, the favelas, I nowhere like it in the world. I guarantee that, man. Yeah. And people think, oh, you know, you go there, you see a bunch of people with guns or you see what you see on TV. It's not like that. Yeah, it's just not like it's that. It's where I mean, the people live. You figure, uh, a, well, like a all hood. TV shows, like LA's not all like that. Yeah, you know? every Italian of. family, <laughs> mob, uh, you know, they yeah. there aren't drive-bys every day. In every day, yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's amazing, though. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, I loved Greece, and Greece is supposedly poor and has huge. Where have you been, problems. Matt? I've been to uh, Argentina. Okay. I've been Buenos to, Aires? Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. Salta, mm-hmm. and uh, Mendoza. Okay. And um, where else have I been? I've been to uh, London. Okay. And Manchester. London, England? Manchester. <laughs> were you playing yeah. rugby in Manchester? Why were you yeah. in Manchester? Yeah. For rugby? That's yeah. amazing. Uh, same with Dublin, Ireland. Yeah. Did you, wait, when you were in Manchester, did you see a soccer game? Did you see a Man U game? No. Or a Man City? No, you don't no. care about. No, well, okay. also, we were there for like a, a, a two-day tournament. Right. So it's a kind of night. like. What kind of tournament? Rugby. Oh, rugby. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Second place, top division. Damn. Mm. Don't worry about it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a big regret of my life that uh, I have to quit rugby. Now, I got to ask you guys this. Too many concussions. If you could leave this country and move anywhere, where would you guys move to? Greece, hands Greece? down. Greece, really? Yeah, absolutely. I think Brazil would be 100% that for me. Right now. I wouldn't yeah. be against Either that or Africa. I wouldn't be yeah. against Argentina, but every once in a while, Argentina seems to just go batshit crazy. Yeah. And I mean, it's true, too. I was yeah. there yeah. for like two weeks, and they while like I was Nazis. there, the president, <laughs> uh, while I was there, the president seized all of the, like, uh, Pension accounts and of all like the government workers. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was just like they really have some upheavals that that are. Uh, uh, and I'm just there for like a couple weeks. It's like, <laughs> right, right, this right. Major. It's like, oh, okay. No, uh, Greece is falling apart in, in the same way. If I didn't go to Greece, so I'd go to Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. I would live in Amsterdam in a second. They got I, a lot of African Americans in Amsterdam. I've never you been there. Hell yeah, I've been never, Amsterdam never a bunch been. Of times. But oh, yeah. I hear a lot of good things about Portugal. I wouldn't be against Spain. Portugal mm. has legalized drug. They yeah. They have. They have made all drugs. It's not legal, but it's like like everything. Everything's accepted. Meth. Yeah, it's basically don't fuck up while you're on. It's like personal. Hmm. You're fine to do all drugs are le- are legal there. Yeah. Wow. So Wait, what are you doing Friday night? We're gonna go. We're gonna start off at the cocaine bar. Then we're gonna end up at the meth bar. Then we're gonna go do some yeah. shrooms across the street at the other bar. I think I I, I don't. And there's think gonna be some alcohol seen, in yeah, there. Yeah, I don't think they've seen an uptick though in <laughs> usage. Yes. No, well, and you they know, haven't they're... had any overdoses because they have safe injection site centers. Oh, and um, it's responsible. Since, they since... probably put a limit on HIV and Hep C. So they pay attention to their Wait. to their yeah. That's well, real. So, um, Drug Policy Alliance in the United States has been modeling themselves yeah. mm. after. And saying that we need safe safe injection sites, and it's funny because London Breed, when she first ran for um, city for mayor, she talks about safe injection sites because her sister died from yeah. um, an opiate overdose mm. that could have been prevented if she would have been in a safe injection site, mm. or it was her brother, it was a family member, I don't yeah. remember. But safe injection sites in Portugal since they've opened, and, and this is like we have like seven or eight years now of data, no overdoses oh. because. Everyone can be safe, and there's great cessation methods because every time you go in, someone goes like, "Hey, we're injecting again. I'm mm. helping you. Like, here are some things that you could do. Like, I really care. I care. I see you all the time. And here's some 
options that you can have. So yeah. you constantly have interaction with a person. I, I'd rather, I mean, that's cool, but I'd rather see them focus on people more with mental health issues. But drug people, issues. Yeah. Right, you know. but it's a step in the right direction to yeah. recognize that. Yeah, because, like, I mean, drugs are drugs things. are bad, kids, but first of all. But once you drugs have a safe very, injection very site yeah. and people are doing that, you can mm. recognize what mental health issues mm. they might have. Yeah. Because if you're the nurse that's helping them inject three times a week or three times a day or whenever they're coming into the safe injection site, you're having a relationship with that person and you're getting to know them and you can say, hey, maybe we can do some mental health. So it's like... But before we get to mental health, we have to deal with the symptom. Like, mm. we have to deal with the symptoms, and then we can deal with the issues that are creating the symptoms. But drug addiction is simply a symptom of a mental health mm. issue. But unless you treat the symptom, you don't, you can't get to the issue, right? Mm. And here in the, in the United States, we're like, yeah, fuck you. You got an issue? Fuck you. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You're yeah. not good enough? You're not mm. good enough. What by the, the way, fuck's wrong with you? Why aren't you a capitalist like the rest of us? By the way, so it was pointed out, uh, someone mentioned that um, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps is actually suggesting you do the impossible. Because your bootstraps are like the lowest thing. Yeah, How yeah, do you pull yourself boot. up by your... Um, the so... so they're asking you to do the impossible. That's what that's saying. So I got. I just got just to say this, uh, Pam, that I think that not. I think this is a fact. There have been more, you know, people wrongfully executed for mental health issues than there have been drug issues. Sure. Yeah. You know. Sure. I mean, that's absolutely. I think the drug issue it is an addiction, but it's a choice. Sure. Mental health is something that a lot of people deal with on so many different levels. Yeah. It's still highly stigmatized. It is, you know. Well, you know, you can't really be yeah. a mass murderer unless you have some serious mental health issues. Yeah. You know well, what I'm saying? So like, clearly, <laughs> clearly there's something going yeah. on that was undiagnosed on the bright side after of, you've killed a on, bunch of people. On the bright side of COVID, mass shootings have really gone down. They have. They have, but actually. If you recall some of the last mass shootings where it's like, it's not the gun's fault. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it's not, you know, even the Republicans were saying, look, don't blame the guns. It's a mental health issue. Mm. And then all of a sudden, all the libs are like, okay, then let's get some mental health care. And no. Yeah. And so, I mean, uh, it's not like we don't see it as a mental We're still We still have the same attitude. Even though we've wised up, oh, yeah, it's a mental health issue. Our nation's basic uh, answer is still pull yourself up. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a mental health issue. But still, you're on your own. Matthew, yeah. do you have anything on the DSM-9? Are you... Are you uh, have you diagnosed yourself, or have you, have you ever been diagnosed of anything? In the, it used to be the DSM-7, then it became the 8. I believe now that it's the 9. The DSMV, the It's the 9 schedule. over here, I'll tell you that. Ba-boom! Ba-bada-bing! Have, <laughs> have you ever been diagnosed with anything, or do you feel that you're anything in that compendium? Uh, sure. I totally have dyslexia. I'm diagnosed, mm. but... I have a my father and my brother and just people with it. I'm comparing. Are you are you more uh, linear dyslexia with numbers or um, the dyslexia with the letters? Uh, I would have to say the letters, but I guess it's a tie. Hmm. You know. Uh, Do you flip numbers upside down as well? Or just out of order? Sure, 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 know, sure. Uh, same, 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 same yeah. diff. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but definitely with words. Yeah, I'm a real slow reader. Uh, but. Check out my verbal skills. Yeah, right? <laughs> you you gotta go. The comedian. The Lord. Does. At a certain point, I, I you know, so for a long time, I didn't know 
what the deal was. And actually, do you remember when you got switched from printing to learning cursive? I still mm-hmm. write in cursive. Yeah. So how long did that take for you in fourth grade or whatever? I don't know. I can't remember that far back. Yeah. I was writing yeah. cursive when I was like four yeah. or five. Yeah. It I took I learned about first or second grade. It though. took me like three or four years mm. of like working on phonics books to make the transition. Mm. Interesting. And nobody figured out that there was something really you know, like. Sure. <laughs> well, they weren't looking, you know, though, honestly, I don't think that it's in like, the early, the s- in the mid-70s. school system and my teachers, you think I'm intentionally not learning this here? Right. Or like, how long do I have to retrace a K to get it right? You right. know, and it's yeah. like, uh, this should have rang up at a certain point after a year. Like, when it went on to the third year, uh-huh. and it possibly went to a fourth year. Yeah. Of like, how come nobody was like. Hey, there's a thing going on here. Maybe we should look at a book yeah. or send it to a specialist. Yeah. Or so you stop calling him stupid and lazy. You weren't a reader as a child. You never liked to read. You uh, still don't like really. to read. No, as a hobby, not really. No. Really, yeah, but yeah, you're yeah, so yeah. smart and you do everything topically. Well, everything it's not is an auditory. IQ test. Right? Well, no, it's just that <laughs> I I imbibe all of my knowledge through reading. I read a lot. Oh, I just I had a girlfriend you were who a made the, uh, the uh, observation. She's like, I am shocked by how much you absorb from TV. <laughs> well, you're an auditory learner, oh, so wow. you get That's it. Most people watch TV and it's just like a blank. What were we watching? What were we just watching? Like, yeah. oh fuck, I forget. But I'm like, we just learned that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, you're being engaged, in, but because you're, you have a heightened auditory sense of learning. So they say that um, in the pedagogy of learning, you're either a visual learner, like, and that means that you See read things, yeah. and watch and you get things that way. You're an auditory learner, meaning that just by listening to things, you're either, or you're a kinesthetic learner, meaning that you have to do it. You have to make it. You have to do it. Mm. You're kinesthetic. I got some kinesthetic for sure. Same here. So yeah. there, th- those are the, there's different modes of learning. And that's what Montessori School dealt with is it says that children have their own mode of learning and we let them choose their own mode. I think so, Montessori was invented when I was like 30. Right. Well, Montessori started, I think it was like in the <laughs> late 70s, 80s, but it was that kids choose their own learning as what, what they're good at and what they want to pursue. Oh, wow. So if a child loves gardening and they love plants and all they want to do is be outside and propagate plants and yeah. deal with biology, that's what they do. Mm. If they're super into cooking or like and dealing with food science or if they just want to read, mm. if they're just a kid that just wants to sit in the corner and read for eight hours mm. – that's what they do. Wow. And so then they move them around. Once they figure out their own mode of learning, they have certain hours a day that they do the mode of learning of their own choice, and then they get together and they do things in group. Montessori school, people are like, it's a cult. It's weird, but it's actually great because it lets the child what's have the ownership success, over their learning. What's yeah. the success rate at this point in history? That's a great question. I knew some people that went to Montessori school like when they were younger. But I, 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 so, I certainly that that get the there. idea having been a yeah. kid. And it's like, if you just let me do what I want to do, like you mentioned uh, gardening. Yeah. Tremendous amounts of science and so math much yeah. in going on in that. Yeah. Yes. It's real. You know, like you can't like. Uh, it's you know, real. Yeah. Yeah. Water, roots. Yeah. You got to have so much knowledge of plants. You like, have to have I know discipline. a lot, but I know a lot as, yeah. a, as a hack. If, if I don't, don't know have, any of the fucking if, Latin. If you don't have discipline with your plants, they die. Like you, it, and discipline is important. And how you choose to teach that yeah. is different. Like I took ballet, so I learned discipline. Not yeah. every child has discipline. They're like, I can do whatever I want whenever I want to do it. But that's not what Montessori school is about. It's about 
you sort of create your own discipline. Well, but that, if you're dealing with plants, wait a minute. Plants that discipline, discipline, that undisciplined kid, I can do whatever I want. Okay, what do you want to do? And then they will latch onto that. And like any avenue you choose, the, the guy cooking, tremendous amounts of math and science yeah. and technique and focus. Try to run a kitchen. You gotta and have reading. a lot of fucking skills. But reading, if you're gonna learn and you love cooking, you ha and if you hate reading, yeah. you have to learn how to read and be interested at least in recipes. Yeah. And it's a different kind of reading. It's a nonfiction reading that actually yeah. has a result. It's a, it's a recipe. And it's these a, it's a, it's a, yeah. and this wolf, these wolf uh, gang pucks and uh, um, w Jamie. James, yeah, James. Well, James Beard James was the Oliver original. Or Jamie Oliver, Oliver yeah. sure. Jamie like, these guys yeah. are like millionaires yeah. from cooking. Like, you can't right. tell me it's a dead-end job. Mm. Like, it might end up being a dead-end mm -hmm. job. But, but it's, it's like, never, it's, it's never a dead-end job because you're pre, you're denaturing yeah. protein through heat and you know how to feed people. Right, but and a lot also, of people don't know how to do it that. It certainly can lead to big and great places. Absolutely. Right. You know, like, right. and don't tell me just being some, like, uh, accountant is... You know, mm. has any f f better line yeah, on yeah. a successful but life than a, a cook or a chef yeah. we, you know, or a gardener or a landscaper? Or I think it's a purposeful thing for capitalism to devalue labor because labor is the basis of Marxism, which is the well, basis of it's, socialism. It's also, and so if you devalue yeah. labor, why is carpentry not paid? If you were, remember back in the day when you used to fucking make a marble thing and you put it on a big expensive house and you got paid because you were an artisan or like uh, mosaic tile work or well, those cabinetry or any labor, anything, women who sew clothes. Well, those things are coming back. And as you two uh, of my little pigeons here know that uh, it's I, I'm bringing that price of I'm bringing the price of doing those skills up, right? I well, but that's in America. But San Francisco money for my handy but service. But clothing, sewing clothing is an incredibly skilled job, and yet we play, pay women in yeah. Bangladesh a well, dollar part of a day that to make our fucking old navy jeans. Part of that Why is, is also, that labor yeah. not real labor? That's real fucking labor. Well, we're waking up to that again. I hope are, so. I mean, the biggest uh, um, uh, labor march in the world just happened in India, you know. I did not uh, tell me about it. I oh, see, you did learn. No, I learn about news from you. I submerge myself in a barrel of wine. Okay. I come out for free ice cream. Okay, okay, okay. If you want me to explain, you have to. Uh, um, 250 million uh, people in India like went on like a general strike. Uh, any clue how many like adults are in America? Adults? Yeah, how many adults are in all the United States? Nah, I'm going to say... Nine million. Yeah. Nine million adults. I'm going to say there's probably more nine, kids. Nine hundred million. Nine hundred million adults. No, there's 300 million, 350 million people, 320 million people. So 100 million adults. Okay. So we could not possibly do a strike of 250 million people. Yeah. That's how big. There's more than 100 million adults, but it's probably like 180 million adults. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 we could not possibly muster the numbers. If every adult <laughs> in America went on strike, it would not be 250 million. That's how big this fucking thing was. Yeah. Anyway, did you hear about it? Mm -mm. I didn't hear did about it hear? at right, all. Right, no, right. I'm not up on current. And I'm a socialist. Like, <laughs> where, socialist. Uh, uh, talk about news blackout. This is not some just like, yeah, 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 people are upset over there. What? The largest in the history? This should be news. <laughs> should be so news. are you saying there's more kids than there are adults in America? It's like even. I think oh, there's okay, more adults. Okay. But I, I mean, even say. if there's 200 million adults, I was gonna we, say, there's not 250 million. It's ever like we had million. a Lord of the Flies thing yeah. going on, yeah. man. That'd be crazy. I mean, these numbers sort of fluctuate a little. 
but like the point is that they they could they they did a strike that was bigger than yeah. we could possibly strike, and there's no way we have that many upset people. Yeah, you know we've got like. 70 million upset people. No one's I'm upset. Sure. We're and, all uh, on opiates. And they're not all willing to strike. You know, it's just, it's just yeah. like, any way you measure this thing, it's just through the roof. Um, and, uh, yeah, not a word about it. They don't, Didn't hear so, that. which brings me to the point I was going to make about it's not just, like, devaluing labor, you know. It's also, like, a power thing. The people in charge of the system are currently in charge of the system because it's this system. Mm. If we alter the system a little bit, they're not so in charge anymore. Mm. And so they don't really want to change it. And if you're high enough up on that scale, you're like, yeah, I don't want to shake too much up. I'm way, you know. Yeah. I, I, I know a, uh, what my best friend from high school's older brother is a hedge fund manager. Oh, my Damn. God. And his bonus checks are more than the three of us. I don't even want to know. I don't like even want to. I don't Damn. even want to think about serious? it. Yeah, he's just. I don't yeah. even so think like, about it. He's like, capitalism's great. I'm like, well. <laughs> yeah. I, I make twelve. I make yeah. twelve thousand dollars a year. Capitalism yeah. is no, not great. Yeah, no, but but, but you can see from his opinion, he's sure. like, this shit's this great. great. Wow. You know, and uh, and um, I'm very angry at capitalism. But, yeah. but capitalism. Sucks. But, but so the system are, and some people are just fear the change that even if they're not that high up, it's like, yeah, but I'm surviving. I don't want to shake things up and everything goes to shit. And um, you know, so like some of this stuff is like to keep us. From changing things too much. And back to the DSM nine, who has anxiety? We all yeah. have clinical anxiety yeah. right now. Just yeah. so everybody knows, yeah. right now, everyone has clinical anxiety. Oh yeah. Oh, we yeah. can look, we can look at the DSM nine. We yeah. can read down the things. Everyone's got anxiety. Yeah. I just want to go back to it. What are you on the DSM nine? The DS Bonds. What am I as far as numbers? Do you have have you been I no, have you been have you been diagnosed with anything? Oh no, um uh, yeah, anxiety and depression. I just oh, yeah, okay. we just yeah, went through that. Depression. Um, yeah, some But yeah. if I may, yours was very event specific yeah. depression. Yeah. Like he, he went yeah. through that shooting. Yeah. Right, the PTSD. Through, yeah, I went yeah. through a lot um Which very right. connected. with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like from a childhood thing it was like this is a specific no i mean well once i went rough. to therapy i realized what trauma was yeah. and um the whole thing with trauma is it's not just you know things that we would consider trauma like a workplace shooting or stuff like yeah. that trauma can be a lot of different things right anything that shocks you they used to call it shell shock mm. you know but um yeah you know i mean dealing with it is one knowing that you have it because First of all, my dad is was bipolar. Oh. And my sister's bipolar. Oh. But I'm not bipolar, you know? Right. But I suffer from other things. So Right, you suffer yeah. from being with bipolar. Yeah, being with by living with them for years. Yeah, I had yeah. to suffer from that. That'll yeah. do it. Right. It's still it's still <laughs> yeah. unsettling. Yeah. And... Yeah. So, you know, um, but like I said, ma the main thing is is to see it and be you know, see it and deal with it, deal with the therapist, whatever you gotta deal with. But, um, yeah, it wasn't easy. <laughs> Look at it head <laughs> on. Yeah. But it's also yeah. something, I mean, women are talking about their feelings from yeah. the get-go. And guys are not like... You, you gotta wait till you're 30 and you look right, like real right. trauma. I can't, right. I can't even admit in sometimes. In, in the 2000s, <laughs> yeah. you know, this yeah. wasn't like people were. You know. Oh, yeah. remember in 2005 when men finally got to express themselves with their hair? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, we can have weird still, hair. It's okay. Still, Yay. to be a guy talking about it in San Francisco, I mean, this is like the cushiest place to do it. Yeah. You know, to yeah. be sensitive yeah. and all that. I didn't. I didn't. And, you know, it was still, funny. Still, it's like super stigma, and you yeah. don't know what it is, and it's like. You know, we all have anxiety. That's just we're just recognizing yeah. as uh, uh, later in life. Same yeah. with like we're all suffering from this super low ebb depression of yeah. the COVID bullshit. Yeah. You mm. know, I didn't realize I was when I was talking to my therapist not too long ago. We were going back to my childhood and everything. 
and I was actually in San Francisco in the 1989 earthquake, the big one. Yeah. I was I was in Danville, but yeah, I remember. Well, you remember that? Oh yeah. I, had, I was in Wilkesboro, Pennsylvania. I still had trauma watching baseball from that, just feeling the earth move, and then because I remember that day specifically, I remember there was a dog running through the park right before that. He was going crazy. And then the trees started shaking. I was like, "Oh shit! It it's an earthquake!" It rolled like a. It rolled the yeah. ground. Rolled like yeah. A, so trauma, like a waterbed. So I had trauma from that. I was like traumatized right? from that. I shit. was on the toilet when it happened. Actually. Oh really? I was taking a <laughs> deuce, and the whole world started doing it. And so I didn't even wipe my tushy. I just got up in the door frame because uh-huh. I remember hearing like, "If you're in an Fucking earthquake, Pam, you get in the Pam, door yeah. frame." Pam was, Pam was <laughs> dunking on that earthquake. So I, had my pants, I had my pants around my ankles, and I was in the door. Frame frame of the bathroom and I was just like screaming I was so scared and it just kept going and going it was like yeah. I remember it was so many seconds yeah. and my pants were down and I was I kept thinking like is poop gonna drop on but then I was like just okay 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 and then it stopped and then I sat back down and I peed again because I was so scared yeah but like I had held it the entire time I was standing up in the door frame I didn't pee my pants but my oh. pants were off so I couldn't have peed my pants oh anyway all right, guys. Well, are you gotta go home? Yeah, Yay! I gotta go. Actually, I'm gonna go check on my car real quick here because oh, okay. I parked it the next. They know me, the neighbors, so I don't know. Good, though. good. Yeah, I'm gonna check on yeah, it. Yeah, so go give check me a second, on it. Guys. Okay, All right, cool. We'll just keep talking about you. We'll keep talking. But about you. you know, he he brings up the thing like we we weren't talking about feelings and it's like all all this there stuff. Like where am I? The DSM nine is like. You know, there's a ton of undiagnosed things that are maybe aren't capital A, well, capital letter A anxiety, but they're like lower case A anxiety. But now there are all kinds of new things in the DSM-9 that didn't even exist. So one of the new designations is not manic depressive. It's just straight manic. Yeah. And I didn't realize until I think like four years ago that manic was its own thing. Yeah. So I was always so concerned. For, I was like, you're manic depressive. Remember Paul Sanford? Yeah. He always used to be like, you're manic depressive, you're manic depressive. And I'm like, no, Paul, don't diagnose me. And I don't really ever get depressed. Like, I just have periods of mania. Honestly, like, I'm normal. And then sometimes I freak the fuck out and I'm getting a bunch of stuff done and it's totally amazing. And I'm awake for a really long time and I don't need any sleep. And I'm like writing, writing, writing. And then I'm doing jokes and doing stuff and having all these projects. And for me, mania And then collapsing. (laughs) Well, no, I don't collapse. I mean, but mania hasn't ever really... The only issue it has for me is interpersonally. All right, I'm back. But yeah, interpersonally, my mania has caused issues. But... Mania for me is only good because oh. I mean I wrote a novel in six weeks. Oh, wow. Like I've written, I can sit, I can accomplish She's these a crazy. I'm a maniac. I'm insane. But it's when I'm in that period of mania, yeah. it's usually like this, like super creation, and I'm and I'm nuts, a hundred percent. I lose it. Yeah. But none of the. Like I, I can still pay my rent and I don't freak out and I don't do crazy drugs. The only, the only place that I feel like ever gets wonky is in my interpersonal relationships. But I'm like, eh, they'll forgive me eventually. <laughs> so I don't necessarily see it as a mental disorder. I see it as kind of like a helping hand mm. when I'm trying to create a bunch of stuff in a short period of time. Yeah. You guys want to hear my... Well, uh, no, I, my, I, would, oh, go ahead, go ahead. This, I meant to say this about the dyslexia thing. At a certain point in my life, like in my 30s or something, I decided that it was like enough about the negatives of it. There are positives. My brain, I'm just, to pun the, pardon the phrase, 
differently abled, right? Your brain makes connections in a whole new way that other people don't necessarily yeah, I, understand. Yeah, there's definitely areas where I yeah. am smarter or better or greater aptitudes that are just like, yeah, so I'm never going to be a CPA. I'm never going to get along in an How office. How do you know that? You don't know that. Yeah, I took You was into accounting. Oh. Fuck accounting. I took yeah. accounting in college. Oh, okay. Me. I'm no fucking okay. good at it. Okay. And, um... But except Marty Cunney, he's cool and he's an accountant. I'm yeah, sorry, I didn't yeah. mean fuck all accounts. Yeah, sorry. But but th- I just pulled out. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll never be a lot of. I'll never be a lawyer either. Too much reading, you oh know. And uh, but I, there's I'll things never be I a can computer do. Programmer. And so so fuck it. Lean into the things you can do. Enjoy the things you mm. are good at. Mm. Be skilled at what you can be skilled at. And and. and uh, and, and don't beat yourself up for not being a computer programmer. Yeah. yeah. Like you but that's what you were saying to... about your mania. It's like it's this gift that I get to write a novel real quick. Because if I had to sit down and write a novel, it would take years. I would, My back would start hurting from sitting too long. It would just huh. be terrible. So I, I want to go in – not really cut you up. Yeah, I want to no, go in no. real quick. I'm done. I, it's called the Batman Theory. Okay. okay I want to explain this to you guys, okay? You were a billionaire. No, 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 no. Totally different. So the writers of this whole Batman co- uh, comic book thing, right? Yeah. Or the writer. Think of it. I, I thought of this a while ago, and it's just it kind it kind of when I was going through my mental health issues. So the writer was writing when he wrote these characters. He wrote these characters based upon mental health issues and trauma. Ooh. He wrote the Joker based upon mental health issues and trauma, and he wrote Batman. Look at it like this. They are definitely traumatized. Yeah, when Batman's what you think about it, when Batman was younger. He saw his parents get murdered. Mm. That was traumatizing, PTSD, right? PTSD, baby. So he came up in the darkness. He became this bat guy who wanted to save everybody, whatever, but he still had this super dark side to him, right? A lot of anger. A lot of anger issues. Because yeah. it's not fair. Right. It's not fair it's not to fair. be a kid right. and be a rich kid and have yeah. your parents taken away. And have your parents taken and, away. But if you witness a murder as a kid, yeah. you're going to have a violence streak, Yeah, you're going to. But see, sure. Then sure. and then there's Joker. Ain't no big city. And then there's Joker. Who was, you know, kicked to the curb when he was a kid, treated like shit, everything else, and then he lost his shit. Yeah. And became this Is evil. This the Joaquin Joker? Or? I mean, oh, I mean, that's yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. But did you you saw that you saw that one, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think like you can see why that guy got a little upset. Yeah. You know, like, I can <laughs> see why he became the Joker. We you witnessed know? him be broken. Yeah, basically be broken by society. society yeah. Basically, and think about that. That happens with so many different people on so many different levels. Did you levels. see Monster? Monster, That's Monster. about uh, uh, the woman serial killer who was like a prostitute. Was that Charlize Theron or something? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. I saw one of those things that was like a thing on her uh-huh. life. Okay. And at one point in this one trial, uh-huh. this one guy, and he's like clutching his chest. He's yeah. on the stand testifying about her. It's like you could feel his own like inner pain about yeah. this. And uh, talking about how they would just like take her out back and fuck her and like wow. not pay her. Wow. And they would take her to a field and fuck her and ditch her there. Wow. And do all this kind of, they treated her badly. They yeah. Make, for one beer, they would uh-huh. make her do all this degrading stuff. Wow. And you can see how he was like, it's horrible. we treated her like shit and she turned out like shit. Yeah. yeah and, and she murdered a bunch of people. Right. Yeah. Because, because like the world, I mean, a lot of people have hard luck stories, but like, let's face it, you want to make someone into that. That's how you do it. That's how you do you it. Know, maybe yeah. some people can pull themselves yeah. up from it, but yeah. that's like. Some people, but I mean. But if you yeah, want you... to break someone, yeah. they're, they're going to turn out broken. Yeah, they're going to turn out broken. Exactly. And so exactly. that's the Joker. That's the yeah. Joker. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you look at it too, Batman was broken. Right. You know. You gotta, it, I mean, it's interesting to look at people who 
were broken but that now have become like are there any people now who are sort of like heroes of oh look like a like an a and e lifetime movie like who's yeah. the person who's like oh everything was terrible for me as a child and now i'm a now i'm jeff bezos like was jeff bezos like was he like mistreated as a child or was probably everything given probably who knows you know so uh, like, uh atticin skywalker and it, oh, that's, well, oh my god yeah, that's a great one well, that's a great mythology, one obviously. that is a great but i mean think about but it. like the wine he's got some skills he's yeah. not like an idiot yeah. he's not total like yeah. lo- he's got, it's not like nothing's going for him yeah but you know he's not how the did best anakin looking. become vader how he's, did he become vader well because he was he wasn't he was kind of mediocre he wasn't mediocre but he he wasn't a good enough jedi but he, so he had to join the dark side to but be he better. also like you know maybe he was pumped up a little too much <laughs> yeah, he had a head up. Too high Yo, anakin you got this trust me he's maybe he had a little too high <laughs> was, i mean he was pod racing as a child <laughs> yeah as a kid so he was kind of murdering you know what i'm saying yeah yeah but he was right, too old to be a jedi right. you're not saw, allowed to be a jedi when yeah. you're a teenager i saw a special about this kid who was on like the little league world series in like the 70s uh-huh. when the american team from like pennsylvania won I see. Is it the Bad News Bears? No. Oh, okay. But okay. It's, it's, it's a real thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, uh, and uh, so the guy was like this amazing 12-year-old baseball player. And then at 17, he was like trying out for the minors, and he was like a mid-level guy. Yeah. And they're like interviewing about like, oh, his failure. He's like, look, I was the best 12-year-old baseball player in the world, but I was not the best 17-year-old baseball mm-hmm. player. And so like a lot of people sort of like, you know, Atticin was like killing it with the pod racing at five. Right. Yeah. Then he was pumped up too much about being the one, and then he was only a pretty good, you know, kind of. Eh, he's kind of a whiny, spoiled, privileged. You know, yeah. like we've, we've known athletes like that. Yeah. They're like yeah. a little too pumped up. Yeah. And when they face similar competition uh-huh. in college, they uh-huh. break. I yeah. cried during Moneyball because of Brad Pitt's character, oh, yeah. Billy, the guy who's oh, the yeah. was the five coach. tools. And but that he he was the most promising guy, and he could have gone to Stanford, and he chose to go for the Yankees and he just was a mediocre ball player. Yeah. He was an exceptional kid, but a mediocre By the way, that happens a lot. choosing the Yankees is not the worst <laughs> but decision then he, you can make. You know, money anyways, it was very I cried I didn't think that watching Moneyball I would cry five I mean, separate times. He still times, got a few but mil. I did. He still got <laughs> yeah, a few right? mil he's from that all right. failure. Everything's fine. He's be all right. And he's everything's yeah. fine. And it worked out. But, but there's a out. thing, like you try to predict there's all these all these stories of number one draft picks that sucked or were just mediocre yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And but look at poor L T. Look at poor Lawrence like in Taylor? The, no, Lawrence the Taylor? um from the San Diego Super, Super Chargers. Um, and then he, um, Tomlinson, LaDamian Tomlinson. Oh, LaDamian Tomlinson. And, yeah. um, no, he wasn't the one who shot himself. It was Junior Seau. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Poor that was Junior Plexico Seau. Burris. That's CTE. Oh, no, Junior Seau did Junior shot himself. That's Plexico Burris. CTE. Right, yeah. because of the concussions yeah. and the stuff. That's and why I'm I stopped like, playing rugby. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I got to have some minor so CTE yeah. by now. Yeah. Course, well, like, why do you think you do comedy, you right? fucking weirdo? Right? Of course you have CTE. You think CTE. we all sane doing, doing this comedy. shit, man? This ain't normal. Oh, my God. <laughs> Slow down. There's plenty of comics that have never been in a fight, never played in a game, never. <laughs> but I'm saying that every person who comes to comedy is damaged in a specific way. We're all broken. We and really are. you're yeah. literally brain yeah. broken. Yeah. Maybe. Comedy is literally like our therapy place. Man. I don't yeah. mean it as a bad thing. Yeah. Mm-mm. I'm a broken person. Yeah. Once you admit that, yeah, I guess. I I'm, mean, the, I'm the eating disorder. The thing is, everyone's like, oh, "You're an alcoholic." I'm like, "Actually, I don't <laughs> drink that much. Actually, I just don't eat because, yeah. like, I like to get drunk." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, I, I, I have an over, I have an overthinking disorder." <laughs> mm, <laughs> yeah, 
what's called anxiety, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Uh, He's got the dyslexia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's that's, right. But that's, you know, the other stuff, uh, that, that, that's just, that's one that's not going away. Yeah. You know, it's just part of my, and it's part of my uh, uh, full-time nervous system. Like, my mm. nervous system is a little bit different mm. than the normie mm. nervous system, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Mm. Uh, it's if you know if you want to keep hitting your head on it, it it'll on a different life. note. But you could just take yeah. those skills and yeah. just go somewhere else with them. On the different note, well, not kind of the same note, but uh, I read the other day that shrooms could help you with your mental health. Yeah, absolutely. I've read that too. Yeah. I'm not sure. Did you tell me that, Pam? Or well, so else? there's two different. So shrooms have yeah. been microdosing shrooms have been used recently for PTSD. But even going farther than that, MDMA was originally added into the whole drug pantheon because it was used in a therapeutic context. Okay. And that marriage counselors said they could do more with MDMA, a.k.a. Molly, a.k.a. ecstasy, a four-hour period with a married couple going through issues on MDMA, microdosing. They could do more in those four hours than they could with, like, four months of weekly therapy. And so they were using it in the 80s in Texas and it was very, very successful. But people started using it as a party drug and it became what it is known as now and people use it in extra context Uh. and with the dance, dance, dancing and everyone got scared of it because it can... Really, the big danger of it is that you can get dehydrated, and the people who have died because they've taken too much Molly or too much ecstasy. It's Uh mostly dehydration. It's dehydration. It isn't like the drug. You get fucked up, and you roll around on the ground. You could be nuts, but it's not going to kill you. It's the same thing as like marijuana. You can't really overdose on marijuana. Now, the the only you'd have to take so much to over. It's an impossible amount. (laughs) But but I'm sure there's a way. But if you eat enough, like if you have a thousand milligram chocolate bar of weed, you're gonna lay on the ground and be like, "Ah, (laughs) but don't send that person to the hospital. They're fucking fine. They're not gonna die. They're physically fine. (laughs) They're physically fine. And that same thing happens with like if you take a lot of Molly, you can be in a really tripped out state. Same thing with ketamine. There's a lot of different things. You aren't going to have respiratory depression. Uh-huh. It's you. You should be more worried if you're drinking and taking opiates at the same time because your respiratory because they're both depressants and, oh, and you okay. would stop breathing. Yeah. But on these other hallucinogens, really let your friend just just give them water. Yeah. Because that's when people get sick and die is when they're at a rave and it's the fucking sun and it's Coachella and they've yeah. taken too much Molly and water costs eight dollars for a bottle and they're dance dance dancing and they pass out and it's because they have heat exhaustion and dehydration and that's when they die and it's not molly that makes them die it's that they can't recognize their own body functions because they're on too many drugs and their friends aren't caring about them it's a fun fact you learn something new every day matt yeah, you do. Sorry. I, I just learned something new. Thanks, if, Pam. If, yeah. If you, you know, yeah. you pay attention. If yeah, if you pay attention. Yeah. I just one of my best friends was a pharmacologist. He loved drugs so much in hmm. college that he became a pharmacologist yeah. and he it's stopped like Mont- doing I, drugs. I also it's watched like that. Montessori. Right. I also watched that show on uh, Vice Network called like Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia. <laughs> Pharma- you, you ever yeah, watched that I'd show like on to. Vice? No, it's about this guy no. that go he goes around the world and he tries the most elaborate exotic 
uh, mind hallucinogen, j- hallucinating drugs. There's like a, there's a, literally a frog that you can lick. Yes, I've heard about this. Yeah, there's a frog that you can lick, oh, and yeah. then there's uh, the people in the south that uses ayahuasca. Yep, ayahuasca. Yep, I yep. Give that That'll get taking ayahuasca. Up. Have you ever well, had you that? Well, you puke a lot, and you have to have a two day. You really, it's best if you're with a shaman or with a person who's done it many times before, uh. so they can lead you through what's going on. Okay. Please don't take this without knowledge or thought. Duly or, noted. It's not like it's not like a party drug. Okay, no, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, a party yeah. drug. Yeah. It's like a it's like a two day experience yeah. where Whoa. you are gonna see your inner like if you've eaten too much pot food and you're like I thought I died and you experience ego death. Yeah. Okay. Ayahuasca is like twelve times the ego death. Wow. That ego death. It's like. So you tried it before. You know, yeah. Everything <laughs> you know is yeah. disappears. You're a whole new person. You're like a little baby chicken born into the world. And you fucking figure it out. You better be with people you feel comfortable with because you're going to want to get naked. There's going to be a lot of mud involved. It's going to get weird. But like, you just Are you serious? Is she serious? It's the type of thing, like... Uh, Damn! So it's you, like, <laughs> a, like an ancient fucking thing. Damn, that sounds cool though, doesn't it? It, it, <laughs> just, yeah. it like sucks you into the inner vortex of yeah. the center of the universe uh, beyond your current. I gotta get some white friends. That's what it is. I gotta get more white well, friends. Well, no, man. but this, this actually is, a, is indigenous yeah. people. This is an Amazon is, thing. Yeah. Damn. But also from this region, there's the. Uh, the cactus is uh-huh. the um, peyote. Peyote. No, no, no. Oh, it's yeah. the Pedro. one San Pedro cactus. Ooh. And you'll see them. People grow them here all the time. And they're these long, very big, common. tall, uh-huh. very common. And there's a way that you uh, cut it down. You have to boil it. And um, people will call it weird, different things. And uh-huh. If you like, I have friends that will make it and be walking around at parties, being like, "Drink some of the green slime." And you have to cook it down. You can't like eat it straight. Um, wow. But it is pretty trippy. And um, fun. You don't get sick. It isn't one of the things you barf on. Uh, Ayahuasca, you definitely barf. Um, a lot of people barf on shrooms, mm-hmm. but if if you do have a sensitive tummy, I always say, take your shrooms and put them in hot water. Oh, and then I'm not one for shrooms. Them. Yeah. So no, I actually had a buddy that uh, would buy um, poppy seeds. Mm. And he would turn them into tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got addicted to the drinking that it's tea because it's an yeah. Opium. Yeah, you can get the poppies from um, um, what are they called? Florists and um, like yeah. Michaels. Oh, Michaels seeds for, are totally legal because they, all the, the flowers the poppies, are totally legal. Yeah, they sell the dried poppies, and so you can get them and, and score them, and you can take the seeds and you do a thing. You decant them. You we, use. Uh, we used to do it in college. We used to titrate them basically with like alcohol and stuff and yeah i mean i it was the, they were scientists they knew what they were doing um i, I worked with the weed they worked with the poppies yeah. we all traded yeah. goods i have no idea what they were doing nice. even the bubble hash people like i don't clearly i've been around when people have done it but and i know how certain people take weed trash and turn it into bubble hash and yeah. i appreciate them for that but i take weed trash and i turn it into food stuffs yeah so they have their art i have mine but we all are dealing with yeah but though it's the cheapest way to do opiates is to do the the poppy oh wow yeah if you're but it's so much work for so little like payoff it's like you might as well just go to the tenderloin and try to score some heroin wow but i don't do any of that i honestly like i said my, my, my my buddy that was doing it he he like he would this was before you know before i started driving he would come to work and you'd just be like, dude, what's wrong with you? It's like, man, I drank some of that tea. You know, I've been. And he literally would carry it with him. 
throughout the day and just sip on it throughout the day. Well, kava kava people do I that I was too. like, wow, this guy is really like a low-key heroin addict. His, his own version of lean. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it, man. But, you know, it'd be, it, it's funny the way people use things to get high these days. It's people just, drinking kava kava. Uh, there, yeah. There's uh, um, certain biochemistries. Like, anytime I've had to take opiates mm-hmm. for painkilling yeah, or, yeah, or, or yeah. like... Uh, I don't really like it. Yeah, me neither. Uh, me neither. For a, for a me neither. I don't either. For a tooth thing, I was getting like the every two hour. I remember this. I was come back from college. I had a dentistry thing, uh-huh. and they were like, "You're supposed to take two of these every two hours." And like my mom was sending up my sister with like to wake me up and give me. A, yeah. And I was basically just like Ugh, uh, on that shit. And I was like, I don't want any more. It's like my tooth doesn't even fucking hurt. Like, yeah. Just, I'm not taking these stupid pain yeah. pills. And uh, that was only after like two doses, maybe three. My problem. But some people, that's the feeling. Like I I saw this real sports about drugs and there was Mm. this one tight end dude who was like destined for the Super Bowl. And he had the most intense look in his eyes. And he's this big yoked neck thicker than his head. And he's already like six, six. Uh He's like the first time they gave me painkillers. I felt like I was touching the face of God. I saw and that. He's got yes. this intense look, and you're yes. like, holy shit, because he's this big, yoked, yeah. ripped, like, athlete. Mm-hmm. And he's like, when they took me to the hospital for, the, for any moment, I could overpower all the guards, like, break through the door. Like, there was just, if he wanted out for drugs, he was getting out for, wow. it's just like the scariest yeah. fucking, like, holy yeah. shit. Like, wow. he's like, I, I wanted to feel that forever. It's, ama- it's amazing that all these, that you know, I'm not not pharmaceutical yeah. companies. I mean, they're they're they do what they do. Yeah. You know, a lot of people needs them, but it's amazing how many people are addicted to yeah. those things. But man. it's like so, the bell shaped curve yeah. of here's like the thing useful about plants. And the Every time I've taken opiates to get over any kind of surgeries that I've had, and I've yeah. had many, I've always hurt myself more because I forget. That I, I no, I high. I forget that I have stitches in my abdomen, right? And because I'm high on fucking opiates, yeah. Pain so has I, a purpose. I would rather, yeah. for me, I would save all my opiates and sell them later because a, I didn't really like it because I couldn't be lucid, yeah. And it was like. I could barely do a Winnie the Pooh word search for like a fourth grader when I was on opiates. I'm like, this is stupid. What am I doing? Like, oh, I get to snuggle with my cats. But I'm a doer. It was basically an icky feeling. But it made me feel like there was nothing wrong with me. So even when I had my, there was a day when I had my knee surgery and I was on so many opiates, I forgot that I'd had my knee surgery and I walked on it and I fell down. Oh, wow. Like, because I was on too many opiates. Powerful shit, huh? So, and I get into a, and I remember being 20, I had my my, uh, abdomen cut in half. I had some ovarian cysts that had to be taken out. And this is before laparoscopic stuff, so they just, like, cut you open. Yeah. And I... I was on so many opiates, I just got into the car like it was nothing. Oh, wow. And it was like, oh, and the next day I was like, oh, fuck. So it would have been better if I just wouldn't have been taking them because I always hurt myself more when I was on the goddamn drugs. Yeah. Wow. So You're better I off don't getting like the signal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't even like them recreationally. So I would always sell them or give them away. or yeah. like That's even, what I'm saying. Anytime yeah. I took them, like sometimes after a rough rugby game, you're all beat up and everything. Yeah. And it's like, you know, take a half a Percocet and go out. And I was like, Ugh. It makes me it itch. Yeah, yeah. It's not, like not, I get itchy. Not full. It, and certainly different ones like Percocet and, and 
Vicodin and yeah. the Oxy, like they all have Oxycontin. a different kind of effect. Yeah. But they're all kind of like, uh, But and, you shouldn't and, be drinking with acetaminophen or yeah. aspirin or anything in your system anyways. And so usually Vicodin is cut with acetaminophen, which Actually, is bad basically, when you're drinking. Do you know why you they do that? don't want to put those together. Do you know why they do that? Why would you put acetaminophen into an Because opiate? it's an anti-inflammatory and because anti-inflammatories also are painkillers. I have a different, mm. th- why do you need extra painkiller when you're already taking an Because opioid. Yeah. an opioid isn't an anti-inflammatory. Right, but I get that, right, no, Wow. But anti-inflammatory. So if that's the case, if you also need an anti-inflammatory, perhaps a separate prescription. Why are they in the same pill? Good point. I'll tell you why they're in the same pill. It's the puritanical punishment nature. If it is much worse on your liver than the opiates it's are. Terrible. So mm. it's a little ticking time bomb in there to dissuade you mm. from using too much. Wow. But no, but people. Drink but it doesn't it. fucking work. People are still using it, you know, yeah, and wow. it's really to destroy your liver, to punish you for having too but much opiate. I think a lot of people aren't educated with the concept that acetaminophen and alcohol are bad. Yeah. And that if you and that, and then when people said, hey, take two aspirin in the morning to deal with the hangover. No, don't yeah. do that. Yeah. You have alcohol in your system. Don't add acetaminophen. Don't add aspirin. Don't add yeah. anything to your liver. Yeah. When you're d- detoxing from the alcohol, stop it. Water, water, water. Yeah. You don't need anything other water. than. Water, salt. Yeah, I mean, we've had we've had a lot of our you know biggest superstars die off of overdosing. <laughs> you know. Well, it's all the cocktail. <laughs> yeah. I mean, poor Marilyn Monroe. They gave her drugs to be awake and drugs to be asleep yeah. and yeah. drugs to feel okay. That's how she drugs. died, right? Overdose. She overdosed. Well, Marilyn. Speculation. Yeah. She might have been overdosed. Okay. Well, and yeah. and um, but that's how Prince. That Prince. Prince and um, Michael Jackson. Whitney Houston. Elvis, uh, but Elvis. even even farther, yeah. but yeah, Elvis definitely. Mm-hmm. But even farther back, a bunch um, of those junkies in the '90s whose mm-hmm. names I never fucking yeah. bothered to learn. Uh, Over the vicious, rainbow, Sid Vicious, oh, Sid Vicious yeah. for sure. Judy yeah. Garland, Judy Garland. As a child, they were giving her methamphetamine. Wow, they were like dance for us, and she was beautiful, wonderful. But then she wasn't pretty enough. She was great as a child, but then she wasn't, and then she was good, and then but is she ever gonna be good enough? Right there, they, yeah. they had everyone in Skywalker. Yeah. Even, but even, even um, Jacqueline Onassis has has written about um, with JFK that he was taking drugs and that she was at certain parties and she'd be like, I just can't go to this party. He's like, here, take this. And they had doctors with them that gave them things. And who knows what they were giving them in the early 60s. Wow. Who knows? Well, yeah. And she was like, I'm up now. They were yeah. also, she doesn't know. She was being injected with things. Yeah. They're like, you have to go to this right thing and you have to be dressed up they like this. They were a lot better looser with it back then. Yeah. Uh, I was hanging out with my, my buddies one day, and my buddy was like, hey, man, check out this video. And uh, they had given a monkey ecstasy. It's called Monkey Thiz. It's a real video. And you could just see the effects of a monkey taking ecstasy. Damn. Yeah. So but, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anytime I've seen. So there's a thing about Doc Ellis. He was a monkey thiz. Monkey thiz. Monkey thiz, baby. To steal Ernest's line, Ernest Evangelista's line, that monkey is stupid, dumb, retarded. <laughs> yeah, Bay Area monkey thiz. So my buddies, um, I was I wasn't in vet school, but I was around vet school at Davis from '99 to to or no, from he graduated in '99. So from '97. To 99, I was in Davis with all the veterinarians, and a bunch of our friends worked at the quote-unquote monkey farm, and so they were they had ubiquitous access to ketamine, because the way that you deal with monkeys, 
is that you give them ketamine because it's a disassociative. So you don't have to put them under respiratorily because that's difficult. Like think about it on a human. You don't like putting people under because yeah, yeah. it's, it's difficult. You but have you that, can rationalize with a human. A monkey's tougher. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, but if you give them, you don't want to put a monkey out. But if you give them ketamine, it's a disassociative, and you can kind of fuck with them. You can cut on them, and you can do stuff, and put stuff on them, and stuff. So they had, they were at the monkey farm, and they had ubiquitous access to this ketamine, and it was all injectable. And so they would dehydrate it, and we would. So we were doing. So I know all the kids do it now, but like yeah. in, I, I mean, we left vet school in 99. We were doing yeah. a lot. We were laying on the front lawn being like, yeah, the stars are pretty great. Like, is that Kurt Cobain? Is he still alive? Yeah. No. Yeah, the whole, no. The whole, it's are still sure? present now, but back in like the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, the concept of a doctor and a pill and an injection was so much more palatable uh. even than now. Mm. And uh, do you guys know who Doc Ellis is? Or I think was. He might die. Doc Ellis. Doc no. Ellis. I can only think of the sh- straight shooter when we're talking about, like, Doc Ellis and yeah. Doc Hollywood. Doc no, Hollywood. Doc Hollywood. Yeah. Different. Doc yeah. Ellis I don't know who Doc Ellis is. this professional baseball player. Doc who, Holliday. That was who his name. thought he had the day off. He was a professional pitcher. Oh! Oh, LSD. yeah! I re- and he yes. took LSD. Yes! He was for the uh, Astros. And he was pissed a no-hitter. He pissed a no-hitter, right? And it was, But yes. it was the Astros? Which so he, team was it? Do you remember? It, it, I think it was the Astros. I think it was, was it the A's? I remember it might this. have been San Francisco. I think it was the A's. No, I think it was It was in Texas. I know it was in Texas. Anyway, I was yeah. so, so, Texas. All right, let's not get sidetracked. <laughs> There's a special done on him. I think it's a 30 for 30. Maybe it's a uh, Netflix thing. Uh-huh. And he talks about how, like, in the locker rooms, there was, like, buckets of pills, like greenies <laughs> and blackies. And, and, like, the idea that, like, oh, the doc, it's like they were, like, pill-popping like crazy back then. And uh, there was, like, cases of beer. I, I read this thing about uh, um, uh, on uh, Charles Barkley's uh-huh. life and career. And he's like, yeah, there were doctors injecting people all the time. You didn't even know what it was. They're just, I got to get back out there, docs. They inject you. And it's like. The, Could be cortisone. There was, yeah. there was buckets <laughs> of like cool, chilled beers in the locker room after games. Like they were like, he's like, no wonder there's alcoholics in the NBA. Yeah. There's this beer all over the fucking yeah. for free. Have you seen the championship? And, uh, yeah. thing? <laughs> right. The, the, and, and, and like, so like to think that like. You know, Kennedy having access to like injections mm. to be like to get to the next thing. It's like, yeah, of course. Back then they were like, oh, a doctor did it. And that was like all they needed to hear. They would take it. And they're getting straight meth and they're getting fucking they gave, quaaludes. Mm. And they gave meth to all the airline pilots in World War II wow. Uppers, on both sides. Wow. The Nazis were giving <laughs> meth to all the airline pilots. And But the thing is, if you yeah. if you think about off, mething up a yeah. kamikaze pilot, wow. it makes crashing your plane into a uh, a, a ship a lot more palatable. fun. Yeah, yeah, more, more fun. Yeah, a lot more yeah. palatable. Yeah, really though. Yeah, that's the. Cr- yeah. I'll do it. Yeah, you'll live through it. Yeah. I know I will. I'm gonna live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, wow. Well, Jacob's yeah. Ladder. Look at Jacob's Ladder, the movie that was talking about Vietnam, and there are, you know, conspiracy theories about Vietnam where mm. we gave, where people were on acid or were on methamphetamines that were government sponsored. And they were all running around in the jungle. Mm. And who are you killing? And 
I heard uh, the natives, Native Americans, when they used to go to war, they used to take certain drugs to help them. Sure. You know, yeah. yeah, but it was like an herb concoction. It yeah. wasn't no fucking straight meth injection. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's be real, dude. The Native Americans, they've, 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 I'm sure they've invented some some serious... But like, Well, the, the know, Incas had cocaine, but they were chewing cocaine. a coca leaf. They were chewing leaf. it, they yeah, the coca leaf. They yeah. weren't injecting yeah. cocaine right into the brain stem, and, you know. And just so that we know, um, there are over 152 active cannabinoids that we've identified as of now in the plant, and one of them in marijuana, and one of them is CBG, which is like weed speed, and they're trying to uh, pull it out and oh, put it into great. drinks. This is yes, Pandora's CBG. box. Weed speed. Wow. So CBN makes you fall asleep. It also makes cancer turn off. That's lovely. Wow. It's what THC denatures into yeah. CBN, and it makes you fall asleep. Awesome. And then it and so you can inject that stuff next to all your cancer, and it makes it all go away. Yay! Because awesome. yes. it turns the cancer off. But CBG is weed speed. And th- that we're not putting all, we're putting all our money into COVID. I'm like, stop it. Put all our money into weed, right? bro. Like, yeah. come on. Everything well, is hey, in the plants. You know, but you know, it, it, it's. We don't need coffee. Yeah. <laughs> we got weed speed. Right. Add it to the coffee. But like, it's, it's easily, it's a hundred percent renewable resource. It's, yeah, smoke in here. It's cool. Yeah, you know. yeah, 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 yeah. MutinyRadio.fm.sf. Thank you, Racers Alley, for letting us take over your time. Alex and Wade, you're the best. Uh, we'll hope to see you here soon. No, you can smoke inside, honey. Oh, we'll oh okay, check out. So, um, I hate Zoom shows. Anybody? Oh my God, Zoom shows are the worst. Ugh. I only did a couple of them because I had to practice for this one Zoom show where I got paid a lot of money because it was a corporate event. So I practiced. With a couple Zoom shows, and then I did my, I got 250 bucks for like 10 minutes, and it was great. And I got to literally phone in my set, and that I did it here on stage, but I put my set in front of the camera so they couldn't even see. I was cheating so hard, and I had such a good set. And I got paid. I know, it was so stupid. Whatever. You can cheat so hard on Zoom shows. Like, you can put your list, you don't have to memorize anything ever. It's so silly. And it's so dumb when stupid comics are like, look, I got my notes in my hand. It's like, you stupid fucking bitch. At least give us the veil, a little bit of veil. You can't make the fourth wall exist for just a second. Lazy, fucking, non-millennial, Gen Z, mediocre motherfuckers. Well, there's a real thing that has happened, I feel like, in my lifetime. Uh, that people want to be famous, full stop. Oh, you mean the champion, champion to see of mediocrity? The but not champion just, sea of mediocrity. But this idea, like, I want to be famous. Like, some people are famous because they're the fastest person in the world. Or one of them. Uh, and other people are just like, I'm really good at... You know, talking about this sport, so I'm the spokesman for the broadcasting of, and like there's some skill, talent, something, and they're bringing something like you know, like professional comedians. Like I'm super good at storytelling, and I'm really entertaining. And I make funny facial expressions. Actor, actors, like I can really emote. I can really emote. I can look cute. And like you know, painters or or skilled. But now there's this whole fucking thing of just I want to be famous. No, it's I'm telling you, it's nothing to the table. Mediocrity. Yeah. It's saying your mediocre ass is important enough, and it's the entitlement of everyone saying that I'm special, I'm perfect, I'm wonderful. You know what? You aren't. You didn't try hard enough. You don't have any discipline. I did this for one day. I'm so good. 
stupid? No, fuck you. If you want to be a comedian, I did it for two days and I did two sets and no. You have to do it for years and you have to work. There, It's the 10,000 hour thing. You yeah. can't be a master of anything unless you do it for 10,000 hours. And we're like, oh, I did it once and I wasn't good enough. I've been doing it for a year. It's like you did it. Count your hours, bitch. You didn't. I'm not going to champion your mediocrity. I'm not going to give you a compliment unless you fucking deserve it. And don't be like, but they tried so hard. Oh, you tried. So I can say, you know what? That's really good that you tried hard. This is really hard to do. But I'm not going to tell you you did great unless you did great because then you're going to believe that you did great when you didn't do great. And then I'm championing your mediocrity. And fuck that. You're not good enough. Not everyone's Beyonce. Yeah. Not everybody has a work ethic. Mm. Also, you know, like... Not everyone gets to play in the NBA. Not everyone's a major leaguer. Not everyone is a, you know, all these things. But I think there's been like a flood of that sort of like way more confidence than stuff, as they say. I'm so pretty. And like, I'm pretty funny and I worked out this. Like, there is a math kind of to comedy, you know? There's timing, there's math, there's uh, stage presence. Word choices and such. So much goes into it. But yeah, and, and, uh, and and I think the bar has just been like super opened up, and and with people who basically they think they deserve, uh, you know, gr- granted, everyone in comedy thinks they deserve some kind of recognition, but some people are also putting in like work, and so, and I think that bar has lowered so much. And now with Zoom shows, <sighs> you can sort of if you're just the type that like, you know, a lot of people are like you know I. I just read it to my mirror. You know, they just practice their soliloquy. They didn't actually earn a spot in a play and perform, you know, three shows in a weekend. I have a play with me and my yeah. two cats, but it's just the three of us. Yeah. So it's always rehearsal. Yeah. It's never a performance. But but the idea of like really sticking it out there and getting an honest reaction and that sort of thing. I know my cats won't leave the apartment, so I can't put them on stage. And, and I think, so we can never do this amazing play together. I think the Zoom thing lowers the bar that people get to do it without like the shocking well, dead the silence of people is, in real life not laughing. The thing know? is with Zoom is that as a comedian... I've said this many times. The audience is my instrument. Mm. I don't have the audience as my instrument. I, and I'm not the only one that said that. But yeah. The audience is my I was going to say, that's fucking insightful, man. That's a good one. No, I'm not. I didn't say that. I, I think, actually, I'll give it. Chris Rock said that. Well, he said that on The Daily Show. But no, because you're yeah. playing with the audience, mm-hmm. and that's what stand-up comedy is, is that it's a conversation with right. you and that's the audience. Also, but they're not answering with words. They're answering with laughter, with laughter. and expression and clapping. But it's also whether you go up or down with the next line, right. where you go left or right, or whether but you keep going. But if you're like, on it, you're not thinking about that. You're no, just you're doing not, it because you're in the flow. Right. Like you're but that's just still being. bouncing off the reaction. Yes, but it's because you're you know. in the zone yeah. with them and you're having a conversation with But on a audience. Zoom with everyone on mute, you're like It's impossible. The thing is is that you have to you have to be comfortable talking so to them. So here's the only way Zoom works right now for me, in that I run a poetry reading every other Wednesday. So it's it's next Wednesday at noon with Glasgow Scotland and it's an international poetry reading and a bunch of people zoom in. But Poetry and comedy. No, it's not. <laughs> but they are the same thing, and that poetry, poetry is also not a sport. Poetry, it's, it's crowd control. Poetry and comedy are the same thing, and that they're using words to elicit an emotional response. Yeah. Yeah. It's another in form of case, storytelling. Yeah. In the case yeah. of comedy, it's laughter, but in yeah. the case of poetry, it's any. It could yeah. be. It could be. It could be. Uh, yeah. like any feeling. Yeah. Any feeling is game in poetry, yeah. but in comedy, it's laughter. Yeah. But they are the same, and that you're crafting language. Yeah. To elicit an emotional response. Now, 
with the Zoom shows that I do on Wednesdays with the Glasgowians and other international poetry readers, people choose to have their muted or non-muted, and they're very, very good about it when they want to give response. Mm. And nobody's crinkling things or fucking their cat or talking on the phone. People are super engaged, and you're able to hear their responses mm. because when they want to respond, they're so engaged that they can turn their microphone on and off, mm. and you can hear that and listen and only poets can do this because yeah. they fucking give a shit about each other and each other's work. And all of the, there'll be 22 people that get in on this call that are actually reading. And then there'll just be like another 50 people that just watch. But then we also do it on the radio. But all the people that are engaged are fucking engaged. And I only think that that works in Zoom calls when you're dealing with poetry mm. because comedians don't give a fuck about each other. Mm. Mm. And so they're not engaged. Mm. Yeah. Like we're I'm actually worried. Yes. There, but when you watch the Zoom poetry thing, uh -huh. you actually, and if you scroll, if you're watching it on a big screen and you can see the things and you can scroll between all the faces, people are literally like paying, paying attention. attention. Yeah. And so it feels like you're being an artist and you're sharing your work and it's beautiful. Mm. But I, but I can't do that with comedy. <laughs> I know I can't do it. I don't even want to try. Well, I'm not even yeah, going to try. Yeah. I'm not even going to be like, hey, well, San Francisco well, comics <laughs> and comics beyond. I do this poetry thing where people pay attention yeah. to each yeah. other. There's a thing and in LA. There's a mic cool in LA. Yeah. And they'd be cool, but they won't. There's yeah. a mic in LA where you have to stay for the whole hour. Oh, damn. You, you have to. Yeah. It's Zoom. You should, and yeah. you should have to be engaged. But it's an idea. It's like, come on, some fucking support. Yeah. You know? Now, they're all, to me, they're all like, out of work writers I think, and actors I think, um, and they just stare I'm gonna throw my two cents in I think open mics are underrated I think open mics are underrated absolutely you know? huh? absolutely people don't understand the power in an open mic you know they think that oh you know I can just go do shows I can do shows but they don't understand open mics have power in them they're really what sets you up for the show yeah. You guys know that. Oh, I agree. Yeah, you guys know that. That's I my, have to run my script as many times as my, I can yeah. in front of people. That's yeah. my big question to yeah. all the other comics who are obviously doing shows out there. Uh -huh. and we've all broken up into like little yeah. fiefdoms. Yeah. And yeah. What happened to that? The one thin piece yeah. of Facebook yeah. that used to hold us together. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, well, how are you staying sharp? I yeah. mean, you can't just be going show to show to show, yeah. right? Like you got a, a little, just, just to practice the verbiage. Right. Right. You know, like I kind of have or to, just fucking up. Sometimes yeah, I have yeah. to read it a couple times, but you don't want to yeah. like you want to bring something to a show. Like yes. I might work on some good topical jokes, but yeah. I don't have 10 minutes of topical jokes. Right. So I'm going back to the material. I know where I might there's leave a, a few topical jokes in. Right. But like how like, a lot of it you have to say over and over. Like I right. have a line that's yeah. that's a tongue twister. Yeah. That's but my big question to the other 350 comedians I used to bump into every day of the week. In the San Francisco alone, yeah. Like, wh where is everybody practicing or what? Where? Like, what the They're fuck? They're not. Going? Someone yeah. just told me Neck of the Woods is doing. It. I'm like, why? What's with the state secret? Like, yeah, it's hella funny. Yeah. Hella funny is, is it doing just Neck the of the same Woods. Same fucking five people. No, it was the only people producing were hella funny, which was he was doing in um in the Oakland. He was doing the Copper Field. Copper, copper, copper spoon. Copper spoon, yeah. yeah. And copper then spoon. Great here spot. he Great was spot. doing um, the Tiki Haven and the Tiki Neck of the Woods. Yeah. So those were Stroy's three places that he was working with. I was doing my three places. Yeah. Drea had her place, yeah. but Milk had Milk was doing 
Thursdays with Andrew Holmgren, Fridays with yeah. Drea, Saturdays with Juan Medina. Yeah. So they were, so basically the only things in San Francisco were Stroy Moy doing Hella Funny, Drea Myers and the group doing yeah. things at Milk, and then me. And then over here. Oh, yeah. uh, and then, uh, then Marty my Cunny places. is doing No, no, yes, Marty Cunny Marty was Cunny. doing his poolside shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he has all the access to the rich people. Oh, yeah. he's so good. Well, and, shout out to the, Stroy. He just got, I'm sorry, Stroy no. just got... Um, Cast, cast. And thing, yes, yes. in an open yes. movie, yeah. uh, Blind Spotting was it? The Blind Spotting, the TV show, because I saw the movie I Blind Spotting, great movie. But I saw that Troy got cast in an Oakland movie. What's that show about? Or movie? Blind Spotting. Uh, the movie was about basically Oakland life. You know, living. You know, under living Oakland life. Uh, it was a black dude, I believe it was. Uh, what was the guy's name? I can't think of his name right now offhand. But he played basically inner city kid, just got out of jail, had a white friend. Like I got a white that was just super hood and super, super in the hood. And just, you know, just one of those things where if you're from the Bay, you've experienced that type of, you know, lifestyle before. You know what I'm saying? And it just shows how he gets caught up in just different things. You know, he brought a gun to his home. You know, the kid got a hold of it. You know, just those, you know, losing your job, trying to find work. It's yeah. just, you know. Just you know, the city struggle. Life. The struggle. Destroys cast. Yeah, that's yeah, good. but that's a good, good. good movie. Shout out to Destroy Boy. That's Moy. a good get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I want to see all good things. Happening. And shout out to everybody keeping comedy in. alive in the Bay, man. I can't that's, seem that's to break real. in with hella funny, man. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, you I gotta, couldn't even get I'm on lucky the, yeah. I couldn't even I'm get lucky. on their St. Patrick's Day show. I'm, I'm like, lucky. Come I got on. on one of, I got on one of their a few years ago one of their Cinco de Mayo shows. It was a good show, but Shit. you get in. I Who's mean, more Irish than me that isn't from <laughs> Ireland? I actually no. I got in on an Irish show at, at uh, a couple years ago with uh, Dave. Uh, what's his name? The Irish guy. Irish Dave. Yeah. Irish Dave. Yeah. We did a show at Cobb's. Yeah. Dave Neal. Yeah. 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 I'm lucky. Yeah. Stroy, what happened to him Stroy anyway? I've known each other a long time. He's good. Well, yeah. they just put a kibosh on everyone. He might have went to Europe where it's. I think safer. he did because that's the one of the last places I saw him. He did a show in Ireland or something like that. He was there. Yeah. All right, yeah. we got three minutes left. Everybody, plug whatever you got. Um. Show me what know, you right? got. Oh, Show uh, me I think we we're, we're gonna be working got. on the uh, Conscious Liquid podcast oh, soon. Yeah. Uh, shall check that out in the future. Conscious Liquid. Podcast mm. at Mutiny Radio. That'd be great. Yeah, we're gonna get that rolling, and uh, we're gonna do these next three weeks to a month, and then after that, we're gonna do some comedy, right? Yeah, we're gonna be right back. January fourth when it comes back. Yeah, M- Mutiny Radio will be back with all three of its parklets. I can't wait. Asiento, you know, Resolute, and uh, I can't Atlas wait. Cafe. I can't wait. And then here outside at seven o'clock, all our neighbors keep coming by, and they're like, they see the sign where I'm like, no comedy till the fourth. They're like. Seriously, you're not going to do comedy? So I thought, well, what if, what if I invite six comics to be in here, all socially distanced, and we just put the, we just turn turn the uh, speakers outside and leave the door open and make it really loud, yeah, you can, and you then know. people can hear it. Yeah. I mean, if they I'm, stop, I'm, I'm not going to put that. out chairs. I'm down with that. But if they stop, that's their own volition. I'm, like, I'm down, you know. Hey. See how we're bending you know. the rules. Are I know. Look, <laughs> Pam trying to find a way through it, trying to find the right way to do the this wrong thing. This is things, why Pam. people <laughs> go to Target maskless and right? yell at the poor freaking clerk. We don't want to have the cops over here, Pam. I know. Do no, that. Cops, no cops, no cops, <laughs> no cops. Yeah, you know what? It sucks. But if we could just tighten our belt... For a little bit. Pull I mean, I'm sick of being good here. You yeah. Know, I am missing certain, yeah. like, being out there with people. Yeah. I mean, three people said hi to me today, and it's like a shocking amount of social interaction. <laughs> I have a, three, I'm a three customer. Three people threw masks. I was walking around yeah. this part of San just stretching my legs. It took like 10 laps around this one block. 
And three people <laughs> of the dozens I walked past, three people said hi. I have a and customer like, who... That's an uh, amazing amount of 